Hey guys, welcome to the Bag Broadcast, episode number 335. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a sometimes weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you all of the top geek news from this past week and some odd time that, that has passed. That all really, it just, it, it didn't hurt my ears, it just hurt my soul the way you said it. Oh, wow. Uh, and then we go into the list. That's like, how call me the Soul Crusher? Soul Crusher. Uh, then we go into the books that we are looking forward to coming out April fifth, two thousand seventeen. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and it's March still technically mm-hmm. when we're recording this. So that can mean only one thing. It's time for our annual March Madness comic book bracket, where we pick some of our favorite writers from the year and. Uh, Put them up against one another for ultimate mm-hmm. creator dominance. It's the March comic book creator craze, guys. Will Jason Aaron go on a crazy Yukon Huskies type run? I don't and know what that again means. This year. Uh, the Yukon Huskies, uh, the women's I don't care team, about that. They've won 110 I games in a row. You guys are drinking because sled dogs aren't a thing I care about unless it's a movie starring Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, that's cold, man. Well, if you can hear this. Those are all the empties that Paul and I drank before we recorded. We are on, each of us are on our third new school IPA from Southern Tier. This is a... This would be the last, normally, of this beer, because they were releasing it in just six packs. And and, and Paul bought a 12-pack. <laughs> and now they have them in 12-packs. I felt like uh, one of the hobbits at the uh, Prancing Pony, where I'm like... They come in pints? <laughs> I'm like, they come in a 12-pack? Uh, this is my new favorite IPA from Southern Tier. This is the best beer I Southern... I all over you. Uh, you're talking to the can? Because you didn't make it no, to no. me. <laughs> is it on my glasses? I can't see no, no. it? No, I stepped all over you. Oh, I thought you said you spit all over no, me. No, I stepped. I stepped oh. all over you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. But this is a great IPA. This is the best thing I think they've... Best IPA they've put out in a long time. Uh, I think uh, 2X Smashed is a good beer doing a single hop, single malt, (laughs) double IPA uh, in that process. But this has got the smooth drinkability. It's got a little bit of that nice citrus, Mm -hmm. tropical flavors. Uh, Easily crushable, as I said, in, Mm -hmm. in what? In two hours, we've we've knocked back three of these. Yeah, in about two hours, we've knocked out back three. Uh, this is six percent. I'm pretty sure John already said that. The two X Smash, which I absolutely loved last year and bought two six packs of, which I have not gotten through yet. I've gotten through one six pack. Uh, I am now halfway through this six pack or this twelve pack, and I've already went through one six pack. I uh, helped on my, and I also kept saying, just let's open another one. Yeah. Every time, uh, like I'd finish, I'd hold the can up to Paul and be like, "I, I do like this more than the Two X Smash." Two X Smash Pop, is Pop, Pop gets a new school. <laughs> yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think Two X Smash is really good. I think that's eight point one or eight percent. This is only six. Uh, I think this is a lot easier to drink. I do like the big pop of hoppy flavor from Two X Smash, and but the fruity haziness of this, I'm. Just enjoying. And they're using new American hops. These are hops that have are new. Uh, you might have heard Paul and I talk about experimental hops mm-hmm. that we've had in different beers that don't have names. They just have weird numbers. But these that, that, are... Uh, uh, was it the XPA from Woodcock? 
Yes. That's one of them. Mm -hmm. We've had a couple other. uh, The Luponic Distortion had some some of those, but they are using um, a new varietal of hops that have just kind of come out in the scene and have had names, now, now have names, versus like HBC-29. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, really great beer. Uh, I say check it out. This is my new go-to Southern Tier IPA. Yeah. Uh, pretty much anytime I'm in the mood for an IPA, I might be picking this up because uh, it's great. It's replaced flower power. This, Whoa. This is uh, one thing I will say. I've had this in bottles and in cans. I prefer it in the can to the bottle. Uh, bottle, I opened it, I poured it into a glass, and I thought it was okay. I thought it was I thought it was good, but it didn't wow me. When I started drinking this out of the can, I was like, oh, damn. Paul's right. This is delicious. <laughs> wow, I was right about something. <laughs> Sorry. Mark it. Check it, Paul. Check it. G35. Chris, what are you drinking? Hey, all right. So this beer comes with some backstory. Ooh. So so settle in, guys, because I'm going to tell a tale. Um, I'm going to sit back and listen. Oh, damn it. I'm sorry. I tried to go to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and I just couldn't do it. That's all right. So listeners and co-hosts of the Bang Boardcast may know that we haven't actually recorded in the past couple weeks. Um some of that's just because of my work schedule. I've been scheduled on Sundays recently, which doesn't usually happen. And Sunday mornings kind of our go-to recording time now. Um, but last week's Sunday, I actually had some guests visit from New York. And one of those was John's current wife, Caitlin. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she came down for some work stuff and spent the weekend got, with you. <laughs> <laughs> couple days, couple days, because mm-hmm. I had to work after that initial like two days off. Uh, but, you know, part of that was, like, the the exchanging of goods and services. It was basically <laughs> like the pilgrims coming over to meet the Native Americans, where we went to Disney, and she brought the gift of beer. Oh, okay. So your service wasn't letting her into the parks. Okay. Yes. I was wondering and, what services hers, you provided. Hers was uh, bringing a bunch of beer uh, and some Wegmans potato chips. Because when she originally asked me, like, hey, is there anything you want me to bring back from Buffalo? I said, Wegman salt and vinegar potato chips, because they are the best goddamn salt and vinegar potato chips you will find anywhere. Raccoons will agree. Se- oh, they love them. And the second part of that, whatever beer John says you should bring back. I was told, too, I had more beer, and she's like, I'm not bringing that down. I think what, like... She gets a free care. She gets a free checked bag. She was like, I think what like seven seven bottles and cans is enough for whatever I ended up sending down. Th- that's okay because you know what I I made a pledge to myself. I was going to save these for the show. Um, I drank one of them just because. I'll get to that later. Um, but I'm starting off with uh, Space Kitty from all the way from Rochester, mm. New York. Space Kitty is uh, pretty good. Rohrbach brewing company and to cop paul's prancing pony uh they come in cans because <laughs> i've only ever had warbach at the brewery or they had growlers available again in wegmans because wegmans is the best grocery store ever uh so it's awesome to see this in the can and then also it's actually like a pint-sized can mm-hmm. it's, it's a pounder it's, yeah it's a tall boy founders wait it's a tall boy, uh, Space Kitty. It's their Citra Double IPA. You guys have had this on the show 
within the last three episodes. I can't remember mm-hmm. which one it was now. Multiple episodes. <laughs> um, but, we drink it in the background. You just don't notice. I might uh, go grab one now. <laughs> holy crap. Like This is a, a great IPA from a really small brewery in Rochester, New York. Uh, I, I want to say I was surprised by it, but then I think back to how, just how much I like everything that I had from Rohrbach or at Rohrbach. And I'm like, no, like it's it's about time that they just have an IPA that I was able to have and was like, yeah, completely solid offering. Um, like John said, um, it needs to be enjoyed cold. It did travel well. I was kind of worried about it making the trip down here because it was in checked baggage. Uh, we did go to uh, dinner at the Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge Resort. Then we went to Disney Springs after that. So it was a good couple hours before it made it back and got put into the refrigerator where it slips uh, ever since the past week. But yeah, traveled well, drinks well, brewed well. Good job, Rohrbach. Uh, yeah, it's just a delicious It's a delicious IPA. Like, it's just so good. It goes down so smooth. You can crush that can like it's nothing. Uh, it, it's, it's so drinkable. You get a little bit of that, like, double IPA dryness on the back, like... It kind of like just coats your tongue with that. I don't want to say starchiness, but like that nice kind of like tongue drying that you get from something almost like the um, Elysian Space Dust. Like it I like just that one too. It just dries your tongue out, and then you're like, "Oh man, like this is making me thirsty. I, I want more. I need more." Um, and what's great really about that good. pounder can is there's always more left. <laughs> like that's what I love about those tall cans. Yeah. It's like. Oh, I got to be out of it. Oh shoot, there's another whole half bottle here. Um, so good. So, so on that <laughs> on that note, like we we started this call about an hour ago. I popped this can shortly after that because I had to finish my uh, leftover lizard of cause that I had. Um, yeah, I, I love the fact that like I've been drinking this for like probably about forty minutes now, and mm-hmm. I, I still have maybe like quarter of a can left. Good showing. Thank you, John, by the way. You're welcome. Uh, I, I felt bad because it's something that Paul and I are constantly talking about. Um, and I had it. I had the ability to send it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I mean, there was a couple other things I wanted to send you that I was like... Uh, well, you sent your wife. Which is, she sent her. No, work sent her. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, she just enjoyed it. And then <laughs> I just kind of like uh, the Silver Surfer to John's Galactus. She came as a herald. <laughs> Wait, does that it's mean just... does that mean second best bridesmaid is uh, Howard the Duck? Uh, yes. No, sec- <laughs> second best bridesmaid is Erica because no. best bridesmaid is definitely Aaron. <laughs> no, oh, best bridesmaid. <laughs> we could have that. Sh- Anywho. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Erica's the best badge made. Uh, no, Space Kitty is great, and the reason it needs to be kept cold is the beer is unpasteurized. Um, so when it doesn't have really the ability to last a long time outside of the cold without the beer really turning and not mm-hmm. being good. So wh- can I just ask why don't they pasteurize it? Because uh, I, I'm assuming I've had other like double IPAs or like Imperials that have been pasteurized, like. And I can't tell the difference between that and this. Well, we should ask Louis. Louis Pasteur. Mm. Uh, it's something, it's it's just a way in, 
the, how the brewery wants to do things. Uh, the only other brewery that I know that isn't doing the pasteurization with the beer is uh, Big Ditch. Um, Big Ditch released their cans, uh, their IPA, their rye brown ale, and their golden brown, as well as now their double IPA, uh, unpasteurized because it just didn't – the beer just didn't make it. The beer mm. lost something when it was pasteurized and done in the can. And uh, Big Ditch took – they were supposed to release their beers in May of last year, and it took them till almost September of last year to find the way that their beer was holding up the best. Uh, so I think that's one of the things with Robach. That's why we got their beers – in those big growlers, like you mm-hmm. used to be able to go to a grocery store and buy a growler of their beer there. Uh, it's the same purpose, but now they're doing four-pack tall boy cans for all of their beers. Uh, and Space Kitty's just the same way, mm-hmm. and it's meant to drink fresh. They don't want you to hold on to it. So if it's pasteurized and you can just let it sitting out, that beer is going to miss some. It's going to lose mm-hmm. something. Uh, I've actually, it seems like Robot got the message out ahead of things ahead of time too because i've never seen it actually out on a shelf anywhere it's always been in the cooler the, yeah, the, unlike stupid liz had all those big ditches out like on a shelf and i'm like i'm never buying a fresh beer from this place ever because i don't trust it uh yeah yeah stupid liz <laughs> stupid liz private joke between us <laughs> no we I, mentioned I, liz I, on the show i'm sure it, maybe yeah, maybe I, not i, I, I don't like know uh, I, I I would always buy the growlers that they had at Wegmans. Though I mean, remember I would see that blueberry there. Yeah, or not blueberry. The uh, vanilla porter. The vanilla porter. Yeah, that was the one. So good. Uh, and then, did you have another beer, Chris? Um, I mean, whatever you tell me to drink next, I will gladly. Well, didn't you have one yesterday? Oh well, yesterday. Yeah, I, since we talked about Otter Creek a little bit ago. Uh, oh, that'll. After you talk about Otter Creek, it'll lead us right into the news with Otter Creek. Yeah. Um, after I got home from work, I, I was staring at. I was staring at having the next two days off from uh, both jobs, which never happens for me. It was hot out, so I decided I'm going to celebrate by having a nice, cool, refreshing beer. So I pulled out the Otter Creek Free Flow IPA, mm. which. I can't remember how I checked into it on Untapped, but I think it was just something along the lines of, God damn, is this refreshing? I think I said, God damn, that's a refreshing beer. And man, is it. It's got a really good, like, orange zest, like, citrus on it. And then after that, just cream and crisp, uh, crisp IPA. Sorry. I've been drinking now, because I can, I can say that, because I've hey. <laughs> tried a 12% beer. Vacation, Chris! Oh, man. <laughs> Otter Creek, free flow. Mm-hmm. Great, just drinkable IPA. Um, I think that's a hot summer day. I'm empty. Front no, porch. I, I have to drive home, Paul. <laughs> um, it, it was fantastic. It reminded me a little bit of the uh, fresh slice that they had a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Fresh Just Slice coming back in like cans. That citrus. What was that, John? Fresh yes. Slice is coming back in cans. Nice. That was that was a great front porch beer. Mm-hmm. I actually drank that on the front porch of a, um, the apartment. Like when I was reading, I think like a Green Arrow trade or something. I can't remember. It was definitely something Green Arrow related. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great 
amped up version of that because Fresh Slice wasn't like a session, right? Uh, I don't think it was a, considered a session, but Over it was Easy a, was their session, but yeah, Over Easy okay. was their session. Uh, it's definitely not Couch Surfer, so it's sort of like in between. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, um, John, everything I've had that you sent down here, excellent choice. Oh yeah, well, I'll talk about I'll talk about the next one in a little bit because I'm going to be nursing this one. <laughs> yeah, John, you're just proving you're your own best man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that takes us over to the news and um, the some of the big news in the beer industry right now is that uh, Mike Gerhardt uh, Brewmaster Mike as he's known over at Otter Creek or Mike owns my heart <laughs> uh, is leaving Otter Creek uh, to go work as a brew just like as a brewer over at uh, Hillstead Farms which is uh Amazing, amazing. I love their kielbasa. Mm. Uh, that's Hillshire. <laughs> oh. Uh, but it is an amazing brewery. They brew awesome beers. They're um, the big competitor to Alchemist, right, up in Vermont? Up in Vermont, yes. Yeah. Uh, and they, I've had a chance to have a couple things from them through other people, and it is some amazing beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, some of the reason why he's leaving is... Uh, he's become less of a brewmaster and more of a brewer, brew, brewery facilities manager, where he's not actually brewing beers. Wait, I'm a facilities manager. In the last uh, in the last three years, he really hasn't been brewing mm. beer. He's done a couple small fun batches, um, like the uh, the the anniversary beer that they did. Uh, so he like. Tests and like approves of the recipe, pretty much. So it's like, yeah, this Did is close enough. Did he do the Russian Imperial Stout like yes. two years ago? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Longer so than we longer need to than keep there. our eyes on this guy and Hillshire Farms. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. They're making great kielbasa beer. That's like fire in the ham all over again. Oh. <laughs> Thank nope. you, Jack's Abbey. Uh, nope. Uh, but what, some of the reason is is uh, you know he's what he he works eighty hours a week his wife, his child are very important to him, and he's missing out on spending time with them. I've Plus, looked at all his beer packaging, and it seems more like his dog is the most important thing to him. Plus, uh, as I've been told, he does enjoy smoking, smoking some, mar- some marijuana. What? Uh, I, I couldn't could not so, tell from their like, brewery's branding at all. <laughs> uh, so Otter Creek... Um, You'll kind of notice with Free Flow and a couple other newer beers that they have released mm-hmm. that uh, Mike, who was on all of their mm-hmm. packaging, has now since been removed from the packaging. They, oh. The new packaging that came out didn't have him on it. Mm. Uh, or his dog. Or uh, I, I, they might keep the, the logo of the dog. Oh. Um, but How about the marijuana references? Uh, they're probably going to go, too. So Steam Pipe... Steam pipe actually over been, easy. Steam pipe has been canceled, and over easy is canceled. They're no longer couch surfer. Uh, couch surfer will be it, the beer will continue, uh, but it probably will be a rebranded and new packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guys who created Free, free Flow, okay, uh, who also have been working on three other new beers that will be coming out, are the guys taking over. Okay. Um, one of their so, so just to clarify. Was he the guy that looked like Richie Tenenbaum from the Royal Tenenbaums? Yes. Then? Yes. Oh, that's dead in my heart. 
I know. Well, you just need to go to Hillshire Farms and see what they're brewing up. <laughs> no, that in that big red barn where they keep all the boxes. What's the, what's the actual name again? Uh, Hillstead Farms. I Hillstead. Hillstead Farms. I'm pretty nope. sure. I, I, nope, I'm, they're being called Hillshire. <laughs> Hillshire no. has thrown me off so much. No, because that's like I listen to a lot of podcasts at work now because my work is basically crickets because we're emptying out. Uh, and that's the one thing that annoys me. I'm like, because I keep on forgetting what game they're talking about or what they're talking about. So repeating what we're talking about is a good thing. So Hillstead Farms up in Vermont, which almost everybody, including ourselves, will never taste because they only produce enough at that one facility only. And here's the thing, too. If we ever find ourselves driving through Vermont... You'll never find the brewery. Because you can't find anything in Vermont, because Vermont screws you up so uh, much. You're just going through mountains, like, the whole time. That That's a sidebar. I can't even... To the, when we went to the Boston Comic Con, the route we took back brought us through Vermont, and Paul really wanted Ben & Jerry's. And you couldn't and find it couldn't anywhere. couldn't find any Ben & Jerry's in Vermont. <laughs> I was in Vermont! The home of Ben & Jerry's. And not even one roadside stand. We were in like we were just we were we were in the farm. We were in the <laughs> we middle were, of nowhere, we deep in darkest Vermont, <laughs> the border of Vermont. We were going up all these mountains in my little four cylinder uh, Saturn Ion. Not even a Saturn. No, it was your new car. The mountains we were going. Oh, that was up were no oh yeah yeah. And the curb that you jumped, Paul. <laughs> Those my. Uh, no, that was drove, my brand new car. He drove off a curb. And then he was like, "It looked like it looked like it was an exit," and we we all agreed it looked like an exit, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, because Massachusetts fucks you. <laughs> Massachusetts and the GPS with GPS screwed us that whole weekend. Just uh, when we were trying to get to Sam Adams too. I did. Oh, we walked around for circles in the rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywho, uh, the new brewers are uh, this summer. Look forward to um, I believe it's called uh, Orange Dream. It is a cream ale brewed with uh, blood orange, tangerine, and orange peel, and then mm-hmm. aged in the kegs with uh, Madagascar vanilla beans. <laughs> hmm. uh, that sounds so dangerous. It's it's supposed it to be just really good. It just, it's supposed to be just an amazing creamy orange beercation, right? Uh, crushable right. session beer. Huh? Yo, oh, yeah, you can drink as much of that as you want, Paul. You'll I'm going to be on uh, the government team. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> uh, but that's one of their new beers that these guys are putting out. Uh, they've known for the last year and a half that Mike was going to be leaving. So this is... They kept it secret this long? Those well, masters. they've been working out everything and changing over yeah. before they made the announcement. They need a new org chart. I understand. Uh, so it is, uh, it's sad news, but... Um, Obviously, in his case, it's good news. I mean, as somebody who we really enjoyed their beers, the Russian Imperial, I, I thought Over Easy was great. It was mm-hmm. one of my favorite sessions. Uh, you know what really I just good, yeah. realized? This is the second time during this podcast's life that I've been getting laid off. <laughs> but, but Thank Paul, Lord has employed me longer than anybody Paul, else. in your defense, we've been doing this for almost ten years. <laughs> My longest career choice is a freaking podcast. <laughs> and all, all you do is spend money here. You don't, you don't, don't earn anything. You don't earn anything. It's a sunk cost. 
Sorry, but we've been drinking a lot of IPAs, and it's late for Paul. Uh, I'm normally in bed in eight minutes. <laughs> especially Friday since we... night. But, yeah, hey, any I'm other old. Friday night, I'd be watching movie trailers. Oh, much... hey. And man, did we get some movie trailers this week. And man, was there some lead up to the new Justice League trailer that we finally got. Oh, yeah. One, ca- one trailer per character, except for... The seventh mystery hero. Oh, I hope it's Superman. <laughs> and I hope it's Superman 2 as well. Uh, in, Not in Superman 2. Because that movie was kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers finally released a new full trailer for the Justice League movie, and they got us going by releasing a bunch of teaser trailers starring some of the members of the Justice League. Like, three a day in the lead up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but showing just a little bit more of the characters before we got the actual full final trailer or first trailer, I guess mm-hmm. final of the teasers. But yeah, uh, we got a justice league trailer and when everyone said, no, this is going to be a lot more fun. It, it seems like they put some jokes in that Aquaman says, mm-hmm. uh, so, two things about the... I didn't watch any of the lead-up trailers. I saw that they were being produced, and yeah. being produced, and I was just like, I'll just wait for the trailer. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't... I don't care. Yeah. At this point, I really... I don't have too much a high hope for Justice League. I will probably go into it like I did Batman versus Superman, where it took me a month before I saw the movie. Uh, that was my birthday money that year. Birthday movie that year. Uh, kind of sucked. But here's 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 the two things I have. I, I'm 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 baffled by. <laughs> yeah. One one the sirens. Chris is getting arrested. Sorry. No nope, no. Nope. <laughs> they passed. They yep, passed. they did. <laughs> but they got um, really close. So. Oh, it drove past my apartment. That's one okay. one okay. Batman's riding to this small town on horse. Not in his jet, not in his, like, I got an awesome car. He's going on horseback in the cold to find Aquaman's village. Well, because... Because he's waiting for the King's Tide? All, no, yeah, because he's waiting for... He really likes that horse. No, no, because none of his bat vehicles run on diesel. So his engines don't work in the cold. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'd be able to just, hey, I'm Batman, I'm here. Uh, and then I found like the jokey stuff they're trying to put into it just made me go, man, I should watch Avengers. Like when Aquaman jumps on the Batmobile and they kind of look at each other and then he jumps up into Mm -hmm. the, uh, parademons, the parademons. And then he goes backwards. Batman goes forward. I was like, I saw, I saw that in Avengers. I like that movie. It's fun. It's, (laughs) it's got color. It's bright. <laughs> yeah. This does yeah. lack color. Oh, so much. I'm sorry. Are they fighting like in the the winter solstice where there's no moon and it's just. That's one of the king's side. That's one of the oh, king's side. That's the king's side. <laughs> Didn't you know? It's the king's side. That's when it happens. Uh, I just don't. I don't have. I don't have any love for this movie. This. This trailer didn't sell the movie to me any more than the idea of it did. 
I will see it because it's a Justice League movie, and I, I guess it's trying to sell Aquaman to the masses. I know who Aquaman is. I like Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I feel like they need to win everybody else over about Aquaman, though. And this is what that trailer was for. Um, the big thing for me was actually finally seeing Cyborg in action, not just in like a still like promotional frame. Yeah, and uh, he still feels he very, very CG. Like yeah. Cyborg is the brightest thing in this movie. Like he is the source of light, and I don't mean that in just like a metaphorical, like oh no, he's hope. I just mean like no, anything you see is actually illuminated by Cyborg's CGI metallic frame. It it seems like it's floating over his body too. Like they yeah. didn't quite get it right. Like it's it's. Not even on Calumny Valley. It's just not right. Like, they screwed up somehow. It's It seems like those cybernetics are floating above him and not a part of him. It's yeah. kind of bad. And by kind of, I mean a lot bad. And it's, I kind of want to talk... It's not, it's not terrible. Um, I've been going back and rewatching all of my old DVDs, and recently I rewatched... Iron Man and Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. This is kind of early 2000s CGI. Like it's, yeah, they're still nailing it down. Like they'll they'll get there eventually. <laughs> Wait, yeah, you know, they should be past that by now. You know, you know what the problem the problem with it is is you've seen amazing CGI in the Planet of the Ape movies that they've done mm-hmm. that have been coming out for the last five years. And, I mean, those apes look amazing. The thing is, by now, I shouldn't be like, oh, that's CGI. Yeah. I should be confused whether or not, did they do actually a suit on him, or is that CGI? Like, I should be confused a little bit by it, like whether like, or not it's wow, real. How, or, did, how did they do that? Yeah, I'm going like to go, <clears throat> like B- go two different routes right now. Mm-hmm. Go, um, go either Questlove or... This, this trailer actually made me be like, Someday I just need to go into a movie fresh without watching any of this stuff. So I decided, like, 2020 or 2019, whenever it's coming out, <laughs> Captain Marvel. No, Captain Marvel. Oh, oh, Captain Marvel. He's talking Captain about Marvel. a different movie. Yeah. Captain Marvel. I'm Not the I'm Dark not Tower. Gonna, I'm not going to watch anything. I'm not going to read anything. I'm just going to go into that movie blind. Like, as soon as I see something post about it, nope. <laughs> scrolling past it. I'm not going to Brie Larson. It. She's Captain Marvel. That's all I know. I, I like Brie Larson. She's she was in the room. She's cool. She's in the room. She was in Scott Pilgrim vs. the Universe. That's all I need to know. Like, okay. She was in Scott in Pilgrim. Play. Yeah, she played uh, Scott's One X. I can't remember her name, but she was the one that was in the band. Oh, Chris, I love you, but that you're my best friend. But that's never going to happen. You're never going to be I, like. No, I'm not going to watch that. You're not going to remember John, this. John. 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 Episode title. I'm, commi- I'm committing to this. I picked a movie that's far enough out that I have nothing invested in it. I don't read Captain Marvel. I don't like Captain Marvel as a character in the books. It's just going to happen. We did try with that new Captain Marvel number one. It's going to be awful. hard. Here, here's the thing. Wait, wait, wait. What's going to be hard? Not watching or paying oh. attention to anything that oh, comes okay. out for it. Come thing. on, Paul. Here's the Come thing. On. 
here's the thing. Like, almost a month ago, when we were going to do this bracket, we were like, all right, we need to, everybody, we need to put this up on Tuesday. The next week, I was like, uh, we all forgot. We need to be better about this. Here's, here's my list. And I then, knew on that and Tuesday. And then, a month later, we finally put them up when I'm like, hey, guys, we're recording today. We should put your lips, lists up. I did mine on the 13th. The comic and book Paul creator just, craze is like crazy. Paul just goes like this. Eh, whatever John put is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I, I'm sticking to this. I, I okay. have to. I need right. to because of Justice League. Um, well, listeners, mark this down because we won't remember this. I, we're, I'm going to. We're, it is now a Patreon stretch, stretch goal that we don't I, have. I've made a promise to myself. We are... This we is are, who I'm going to be for the next three years or whatever. We are quite um, we are quite liquored up at this point. We will never remember this. I, I'm not that bad. But the second part of this, CGI can be done well because I've seen a trailer for the Spider-Man Homecoming movie. Ooh. And I buy Michael Keaton as the vulture. Uh, I yeah, kept on that scene. one that one scene where he's like in the car, like he looks like he's looking over the car seat and just be like, "Don't don't listen to the kid." They they show a bit more of him in this one. Like so, uh, we get our I think maybe first glimpse of the shocker. Yes, yeah, I believe so. Because uh, I know they talked about him before, but I think this is the first time we've seen him. I don't know. I think but this yeah, is. Uh, we got the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer, and man, it's Spider-Man, guys. It's Spider-Man done well. It's Spider-Man done well, but the trailer does a disservice to the movie. Okay, because... Okay, explain. Uh, two things. One, you see that Tony Stark takes the suit away from Spider-Man. And two, that moment where that boat is ripping in half and Spider-Man's trying to pull it together, you see that Iron Man comes and saves him while doing that. Mm-hmm. Those so, are those are two like um, two big scenes, two emotional scenes that I think are big beats mm-hmm. out of that movie that I, you were. Shown. I think those are supposed to look like big beats, but mm-hmm. I think we're going to get those at the beginning of the movie. No, I, I think, think those are. Like, I think in like the first ten minutes, that's what we're getting. I I don't think so. I think that's one of the big things is. That's why you see him fighting the vulture in that schoolyard in his old. Spider-Man suit, like he's been, the suit's been taken away. Mm-hmm. He's he's really distraught. He's really pissed. I think he's still going to be Spider-Man. He's still going to do what he's doing, and he's getting the shit kicked out of him because the boat scene leads to Iron Man taking the suit away. I think so. Yeah, yeah exactly. definitely. And that's yeah, that, well, that's what I was saying. Like you're going to see that in the first ten minutes of the movie. I think it's going to be I, the first I, hour of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of agree with John. Those are two big story beats. Like you, like when we get the, I, I kind of wanted the whole, like, I didn't, I didn't want to know that Spider-Man gets his suit taken away. Like, I was going to go into this being like, hey, this is Spider-Man doing whatever a spider can. It's going to be great. Tony Stark has got his back 100% of the way. And then like the second act, like, oh, now Peter has to do it without that. Like, I'm nothing without the suit. He says that in that trailer. I'm like, that would have been a huge gut punch in the mo- like sitting in the movie theater. And now you've that yeah, it's, it's taken it's, the air out of it. Mm-hmm. My wife absolutely hates trailers. Like, I've been trying to be, I try to be that guy, Chris. Like, Chris is going to be trying to be 
for Captain, uh, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Uh, going in clean. And it is more enjoyable when you go in clean. It is. So, Chris, I applaud you. We do this podcast, so I, we're kind of screwed. So, sorry, Chris. It's not going to happen. Um, Anytime you guys bring up Captain Marvel, I'm going to be like, you're not going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that on your own time. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> you know, it it seems like yeah. That, She's laughing that, at me. <laughs> we are <laughs> because Chris, you're going to be the first one. You're going to be the first one to go like. Did you guys see that Captain Marvel trailer? You're going to be the first one that says it to us. But. I know. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Oh, oh, we love New Year's that. resolutions and Lent resolu- and rent gives okay, ups. I don't make New Year's resolutions, and I'm not Catholic, so I don't have this. <laughs> no, this is your one that you fail at. This is your we'll one. See, this we'll is your one vow you break. After this, probably never again. But you know what? I'm gonna try. And it's far enough out that I can say, like, yeah, I'm succeeding, guys. I'm doing so good. <laughs> I'm just saying that the Tony Stark taking the suit away seems like the end of Act 2 going into this Act 3, where it's a redemption story. And Spider-Man comes out on top. Yeah, he gets the suit. Unless Tony and Marvel have come up with a crazy uh, agreement saying, no, no, we kill Peter Parker here, and Miles Morales <laughs> is the only... Spider-Man you can use. I was going to say, basically at this point, uh, Disney and Marvel own Miles Morales, and we're already getting, um, what's it, I'm blanking out his name, Charles Gambino. Oh, uh, uh, Donald Glover. Right now. Donald Glover. Donald Glover, yeah. Uh, He's already been Miles in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. He's Lando Calrissian in the untitled Han Solo movie. We we could see him down the road at this point because I'm you know pre- why not? He was rumored for the Amazing Spider-Man. It could happen. I would welcome it. I'm pretty sure the it's uh, that Han- one. I would probably watch all the trailers. For. It, it's called uh, Han Solo Electric Boogaloo. Oh my god, that movie's probably going to be awesome. Um, I, I to defend my point, I feel like they need to humanize Peter Parker a little bit more because. Yes, we as comic book fans know who Peter Parker as Spider-Man is, but they introduce him so fast in Civil War. I think we need to get more of him as Peter Parker in the Spider-Man movie, and that's how we're going, uh, going to get it. I, th- I think I think the trailer, aside from the two things that I mentioned, looks amazing. Even like when his friend catches him, and then his friend's wearing the mask, like. That's all fun stuff. That's all fun Peter stuff. I like how his costume's like vacuum sealed. Exactly. Like, it's... My heart breaks a little bit every time he drops that Lego Death Star. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of pieces, guys. But, like, it's it's fun. It looks great. But I think they took some of the air out of the movie by showing those two scenes. Now, I could be wrong. And I will admit it when I see this movie and I go, okay... Yeah, I was wrong. This movie's amazing. I still think the movie's going to be amazing, but I think giving that away takes something away from what I'm going to sit down and see in the theater. Because I'll be expecting that. I know it's going to be coming. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. my only problem. But, I mean, look at this. It's a superhero movie, and it's bright, and it's shining, and there's yeah. daylight. Wow! And also, there's something that makes you growl that we have not talked about. Oh. Marissa Tomei. Oh, man. 
Kate and I just watched, well, I've watched My Cousin Vinny more times than I can count. Uh, but Kate's first time watching My Cousin Vinny. And Kate's sitting there like, you know what? She's really pulling out that outfit. I like what she's wearing. Each and every scene she shows up. I'm like, you know she won an Academy Award for this, right? <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> no, that was great. No. She did not deserve an Academy Award for that movie. That was like what happened at this year's Academy Awards, and they said the wrong film. No, no. Marissa Torme was great in that movie. Uh, I haven't seen My Cousin Vinny in forever, but... You should go back and watch it. it it's a great I, movie. I, I could. Um, Listen, any- I'm, I'm really looking forward to Spider-Man. It looks great, and when I shared this trailer to the Bang Board Facebook, I said, this is why Marvel needed Spider-Man back. Mm-hmm. And having Spider-Man alongside another superhero, it's not core to the character, but it sells it so well because Spider-Man's always existed in that world. And seeing him in it again as a comic book fan and for the first time as a well, second time, I guess, mm-hmm. as like a Marvel movie fan, like, wow, like great. Like this, I'm more excited to see a Spider-Man movie now <laughs> than I think I was when Spider-Man two came out and Spider-Man two is like the best Spider-Man movie. Uh, I agree. This is the best-looking Spider-Man. Everything about this, it shines. I love it. I just feel like <laughs> that scene takes a little bit of the air out of this movie right. from what I'm assuming yeah. the movie is going to be. Him being in the Marvel Universe works well because the best thing that Spider-Man does, it's not having a radioactive blood, bud. It's that he quips. So he has to play off as somebody. And having him play off of Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., America's number one favorite superhero right now, like, yeah, it's so much better. If you take him away from that and he's quipping off of his best friend, it might be good, but it's not going to be great. And it fits fits to the movie. (laughs) Which, sidebar, uh, thanks Robert Downey Jr. for still being Iron Man, opposed to like four years ago, and you're like, yeah, I'm done with it. You know what? If Robert Downer Jr. realized, he likes money. <laughs> Money's great. <laughs> Money's so I, good. You know, I think you know Who doesn't have money, though? Who doesn't have money? Comic book writer Peter David. <laughs> oh. The text man, he's coming. Uh, so uh, we got the news today. Uh, Peter David is starting like a Kickstarter or a fundraiser uh, for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because back in the... A GoFundMe. Back in the 1990s, when a cartoon series that he was part of uh, was canceled, he got a payout, and he didn't pay the $83,000 taxes on his payout. Uh, He says, you know, things were going on. I was getting divorced at the time. The show was canceled. I never got around to it. And now, 20 years later, they're really after me about this $83,000, and I don't have it. Please help me. Oh, man. That tax deficit multiplied, man. It's it, multiple. I know. Yeah. And here's the thing. Hey, man, uh, you've been writing comics those 20 years. You could be paying into that. I, I honestly feel like uh, he shouldn't be approaching his fans or readers or anyone about this. This is something that it's not like he didn't know he had to pay this. It's not like all of a sudden something came up. Mm-hmm. 
fucked. He's known it, about this. He says it, that he knew about it. He just never paid it. Yeah. And that's what rubbed me wrong about it because mm-hmm. he was like, and they forgotten all was good. And I was like, oh, as someone that still owns or owes money to like my uh, debitors for uh, financial aid stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, hey, you still owe us money. I'm like, yeah, you got me. <laughs> Let me pay for that. That's all on me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to like call out to people and say like, hey, pay this for me because I didn't want to pay it and they didn't come after me right away, so I shouldn't be owed for it. Look, there's been a lot of comic book creators that fell on hard times. Suddenly, like, they get into a car accident. <laughs> They, yeah, an illness Health suddenly problems, sets on. All of, yeah. you know, hey, you're an well, artist. That's, that's completely different. And he can't, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. So it's, much of like the comic books that we know and love is by page were count by people that did this back just to take a job because they needed something, mm-hmm. and it was done as like you know work for hire. They and they're got, living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, they're living they by that. Royalties. Yeah. Yeah, they they didn't get any kind of royalties or benefits for doing it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, hey, you know, the person that created this character has fallen on hard times. Like, they need to go in for surgery. They're having health problems. They're in a legal battle for any kind of right for that character. Here's, like, something to help them out with that. This is Peter David coming out and being like, hey, I owe money to people. I never paid it. Fuck them. Can you help me out for $80,000? No, like, this is Peter David. Like, he's a comic book writer. He's done work on TV shows. He probably has some, like, really cool shit that he could sell off, like, on eBay or, like, a website Mm -hmm. to, like, fund this. But he's basically just putting it out there to say, like, hey, come on. And then, oh, my God, this this bothered me because he was also like, oh, we have work we want done on the house, too. So anything you can give. No, that's a, no. That's it's, an insurance thing, man. If you have work that you need done on your house because it's like because something happened, you you fly file an insurance claim. It, it get a lost draft check. It's bullshit too because it's because it's of it. The money that he has to pay on is because he got a payout from Nickelodeon when his show was canceled on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Like they paid him. Yeah. Money and then he needed to pay taxes on that. So if he needed to pay taxes but, on eighty three thousand for eighty three thousand dollars, means he got paid what like one hundred and sixty, one hundred and seventy thousand dollars to give him like just like that little bit of like humanity. Like also when he went to go pay his taxes that year, he found out he didn't have the money because his wife had withdrawn the funds from him Ooh. to hire a divorce attorney, and that's how he found out that he is like. His wife is trying to leave him. That sucks. But that was in the 90s. Like, here we are, like, a decade 20 later. years later. Yeah. And I, I, as crappy a situation as this, I, I can't feel too bad for him because this is a dude that can still do well for himself and probably has the means to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Just sell off some of your... Oh, he didn't do Battlestar. He... What did he do? Multiple minutes. Not just the Nickelodeon <laughs> show. Peter yeah. Dan has been active as a creator. It's not like he's yeah. retired and on hard times. Like he has ways. Yeah, as probably the he did Hulk a Hulk run that was really widely oh, he regarded. Did, like, he, the Hulk run. Mm-hmm. He's he also, known for like writing the Hulk. And I think he got a credit on the original Hulk movie, Hulk. Uh but yeah, I, I just don't feel like uh, I feel bad that 
He's worked on Young Justice. Uh, he's worked on Ben 10, Spider-Man oh. Edge of Time, the new video, uh, the video game from 2011, Ben 10, Crusade, which is a TV show, Roswell Conspiracies, Space Case, Oblivion 2, Babylon 5, <laughs> Oblivion, Tracers, Tracers 4, Tracers 5, the X-Men TV series, he's considered right. a creator on that. Can I ask one question? Does he realize that he'll need to pay tax money on all this money that he's given <laughs> to pay off the tax debt? Because I'm not sure if he does. Uh, he's also been an actor in Tracers 4, Oblivion, Space Cases, Oblivion 2, right. Darth Vader's Psychic Hotline. All right, this is when he normally cut me off whenever I'm talking about Lost, X Factor. <laughs> Las Vegas? Or any other Peter David work, so Wait I think a second. we're done. He played Frank Sinatra in Las Vegas, Vietnam, colon, the movie. That That is something you watch by yourself. The movie I wouldn't mind seeing is Batgirl by Joss Whedon. Yeah. You have just as much chance as seeing either of those two movies. Uh, You also have as much of a chance as... uh, Seeing me directing the Batman and Batgirl movie. Uh, Jordan Peele uh, from Key and Peele, who's also uh, up for directing the Akira movie, and then also the Flash movie for Warner Brothers. Oh, because of Get Out being so Get good. Out. Yeah. Uh, which I will never watch because it looks way too scary. I think it looks amazing, and I'm. I think it looks amazing I... too, and I. Yeah, I will not watch it because one, white guilt, <laughs> and two, it's a horror it movie. I'm white. <laughs> no, you. Can... As long as you're woke, you can watch it. I'm pretty woke. Because, uh... He, he's very, uh... He was on NPR. He was on, uh... The Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And he was making fun of all of the white people that were, you know, on NPR. So... So all of NPR. <laughs> yes. Including myself, as I was listening. So it was fine. Um, but no, like... Brand new news that apparently Joss Whedon is in talks to direct an upcoming Barbara Gordon Beckerel movie. Very important to say Barbara Gordon Beckerel because a lot yes. of people have had that mantle. And it looks like it's going to be more Two so. Two other people. Stephanie Brown and also. Nope. Like Cassandra Kane. And Cassandra Kane. Yeah, so three. Three. I'm sorry. Comic three. book shenanigans on you, John. Shenanigans. Uh, uh, Paul's like, so many people have had that mental before, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. You lost One some nerd cred because you weren't sure what year Star Wars came out. That wasn't on show. <laughs> that wasn't on show. But I'm calling you out. Um, you know why? Uh, nerd cred. I just cashed it in. <laughs> it, I'm, I'm excited for the possibility of this movie. We... Literally just celebrated the 20th anniversary of Joss Whedon's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Entertainment Weekly, I guess this week, for like their cover story about that. Um, Joss Whedon, in the longest time in the running for writing and directing the Wonder Woman movie, never happened. And then he went to Avengers <laughs> and did Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron, two of probably the best comic book movies ever to come out so them putting him on something like Batgirl which is probably a little bit smaller in scale than something like Wonder Woman who's arguably like the most famous and well known of female superhero comic book characters of all time 
I don't want to say it's a step back for him, but like, okay, like that makes me think they have some sort of focus and want to like, like center on this and be like, okay, let's have this be something that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paul, it makes Paul? me, yeah, Chris, when we were talking about this over the Facebook message, you were the first one to be like, ah, not gonna happen. <laughs> and then we were, like, John and I both collectively at the same time were like, save it for the show. You know what? The first thing I wrote, the first thing I wrote that I, when you guys posted it on our Facebook page and also to or each other, uh, John, Chris, you posted it to Facebook. Uh, you gave John. You posted it to our Facebook message just because we were all were going to talk about this on the show. I was I just said, like, "Hey guys, we need to talk about this. Let's not forget." Uh-huh. And I'm like, "Trailer or it doesn't exist, bro. Trailer or it doesn't exist. It's like, come on, like they can't even get the original, the Batman movie, standalone Batman movie, a director and set. The Flash, they can't get." A director. And we've already done the song and dance with Wonder Woman. Uh, Aquaman's been pushed back, by the way, too. <laughs> yeah. So is Batman. So. Well, when, when this all happened before, this was, oh, Joss Whedon of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Dr. Horrible's sing along the blog now, thing. No, it's Joss Whedon. Now, now of... this is Joss Whedon who did the fucking Avengers. Billion dollar movie. Yeah. I, I feel like that adds a little bit more clout to it because to kind of defend what you were saying before like <laughs> this means a bigger they're... fuck up for wb well, no, like, you missed like the that, weird puppy you know, dog eyes paul made he made like these maybe, puppy dog this, eyes this is just maybe me but like everyone else that warner brothers has helming their movies now i need to look up and be like oh who's who's this guy that's doing the flash who's doing aquaman because who's ben affleck well, okay, no, but I didn't, the town? I didn't say Batman. Yeah. Uh, but, like, they, they're picking directors as, like, oh, no, like, they did well on this movie that's, you know, like, it did respectable. I mean, I can't remember James Wan. Is he the one that did the Fast and the Furious movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's doing the People Aquaman. are seeing that because it's the Fast and the Furious. Like, I could direct that movie with that cast and people be like, eh, cars! Like, I'm sorry, no. And, and just to Paul's point that Ben Affleck is no longer directing Batman and he's no longer the writer of the script. Mm-hmm. Like, so just... Also, and, the actor who's play, who's supposed to play Deathstroke in that movie is like, I don't know if I'm in it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Joe Milione, it's married to the girl from, yeah, uh, yeah the show. Marissa Tomei? Marissa no. Tomei. Uh, Modern Family. Before, before the, no, the Devil Knows You're Dead, watch that movie. A little I've never heard of it. Marissa Tomei action. <laughs> the redux of Marissa Tomei growl. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I feel like even just the story coming out kind of earns Warner Brothers some clout to like maybe tuck their tail between their legs and go back to Joss Whedon with all the shit that happened with Waterman. I, I think this is... Uh, Disney, Marvel, Disney, Star Wars, Disney is eating up all of the good directors. Everybody's for all of these movies. Uh, I mean, just I mean, they're even talking about um, Garth Edwards taking over and doing the Obi Wan one shot movie after. Yeah, totally. Let that happen. Uh, I'd, I'd watch the shit out of that. Movie. Rogue One was so good. Exactly. <laughs> like, so, oh, oh yeah. Rogue, this... Rogue One came uh, comes out. 
April fourth on DVD. I can't wait to like see that movie again. Like I bought it on BestBuy.com because you can't buy it on Amazon for some reason. Hmm. Begnaboard.com slash Amazon.com. Um, there's some okay sidebar. <laughs> not we can geek, but there's some weirdness going on between Amazon and Disney right now because same thing happened with Doctor Strange, where yeah. you couldn't find Doctor Strange on Amazon at all. So it led to people like trying to buy it and being like, oh, I can't get it, and then going out to stores to try to buy it, and then it being sold out in stores because people couldn't buy it online. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, because uh, you can buy or rent mm-hmm. Doctor Strange on yeah, Amazon the, Prime. The Instant instant Watch, Amazon Video, you can, but they're not letting you pre-order it online, so you can't get it delivered in physical format You would think day. that like, the pre-orders, because... I, I, everyone, I, mm-hmm. I work in the beer industry. The pre-orders help the breweries know how much beer to they produce. need to produce. So it's uh, weird that they're no, not taking I, the I pre-orders. Like same thing at the video games. Like those pre-orders help them know how much they should make. I so worked at a mortgage industry. You don't have the bargain bins out. of just DVDs. Just oh yeah, here here's this. Or you have like, uh, can you put a stacker out of this because we have a lot in the warehouse no nobody wants that beer <laughs> why do they produce so much yeah it's like the kickstarter thing it's like <laughs> we want to know how it's much peter david not paying his taxes oh. no we want to know how much to produce so we and then we produce x amount more than the kickstarter version so that way we know what's up um but here it's so weird like i could pre-order it on Target or Best Buy or whatever other site I ended up pre-ordering it from Best Buy because I wanted a new hard drive because we produce a lot of episodes that I record and load up my hard drive with. Um, but not on Amazon. It was very strange for uh, Rogue One. But I'm very excited to watch it again. On no, Blu-ray. it's an awesome movie, and I would love a Gareth Edwards uh, Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. I saw Rogue One twice in theaters. The only one of oh, the only even movies. see movies in theaters just to give you guys a reference point. I know it was so good. I each time I've watched it, I've loved it even more, and I'm so excited to pick it up next Tuesday. Well, uh, Paul, the force is with you. Yes, and I am one with the force. The only other thing that I have for news, which since John is gone, I can talk about it, is uh, <laughs> Starcraft. Wait, Paul. Paul some- Something we haven't talked about. Have you played Mass Effect Andromeda yet? Not yet, because of all oh my the... my God, Paul! You know why? Because of all the issues with it being on PC. That's that's why. Because I'm going to oh, wait until I the bugs are out. That. You know what I am playing right now? Hmm. Mass Effect 1. <laughs> oh my God, how? <laughs> because how I'm waiting... Because things left to do in that game. <laughs> because I know that by the time I finish all three Mass Effect games, that Andromeda will probably be ready for PC. That's why. <sighs> yeah, roll but your what eyes. else did you have? Sorry, because uh, I've been meaning to ask you about Andromeda, and we just haven't had a chance to talk. So that's 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 why I haven't purchased it. Uh, but the other thing is uh, StarCraft remastered. I was going to talk about that while you were gone. Coming out, re- being re-released by Blizzard. Eh, <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. We've talked long enough um, about news. Had so much news. So, StarCraft's great. I. I wouldn't mind replaying it. Like, it's been probably about, like, 20 years since I've played it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 99 or 97, so, yeah. 
Wow, do you guys remember we had bumpers? I sure didn't. <laughs> but Chris, what beer? I, I vaguely do after Paul brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember that I never understood right why we had bumpers? Uh-huh. This is why. People were like, you're listening to the Bagged and Board podcast. I'm like, they're already listening to it. Why are people <laughs> reminding them? This isn't a TV show. Because it was cool people. <laughs> it was cool people. It was much we better had no, people than we us. We had no idea what to do when we interviewed people. <laughs> we just asked them to we, say we, we done good though. our show <laughs> name, and so we could do that. Yeah, which we're doing, which we just did. So we can then throw it to Chris with the beer that he's drinking right oh, now. Man. And this is another beer brought to me from uh, John's current wife, and this is evil <laughs> from John. Evil. Mm-mm. But it's not me. Caitlin brought it to me. So She's just me, a mule. No, no. Because it's beer acts the same way as the out-of-bounds for soccer or basketball. Whoever touched last gets credit for touching it. Yup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this <laughs> Evil Twin... I can't speak. Oh, my God. Evil Twin. Evil Twin Brewing's Molotov Cocktail, which is a 12% Imperial India Pale Ale with mango and orange added. Um, man, right off the bat, first thing when I opened this, I got a lot of that mango off of it. Even when I was kind of just getting the nose off of it and taking that initial sip, I got a lot of, like, that tropical flavor. I didn't get so much of the orange. It might have added a little bit of roundness to the back end. Didn't really pick up on it, because as soon as you take a sip of it, you get double IPA'd right in the face. (laughs) Um... Very alcohol-heavy. Like I said at the beginning, I'm stepping over my words. This is a 12% uh, Imperial IPA with mango. And damn, like, I've, I've really slowed down. As much as I liked going back to the Space Kitty because there was always more behind it, Molotov Cocktail from Evil Twin, I'm I'm cool with it taking its time, man. Like, it's... I looked out of my glass, I'm like, oh my god, there's still more of this? Because, wow. So, original Molotov cocktail from Evil Twin did not have the mango and orange in it, and was 15%. When they added the orange and the mango to it, they they dropped it down a couple percents. I guess to make it more manageable? I'm Um, not sure. I never had the 15% one. I got more of that, like, um... I was going to say Molotov cocktail, like that fruitness from the mango right at the beginning when this was colder. Now that it's like been sitting out for a little bit, it's warmed up. As soon as I go back to it, it's just Imperial IPA. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like it's a really good Imperial, but all of that just kind of tropicalness like has been lost from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 It's still on the nose there, though. Like I just took another sniff like and it, it, it's there, but man. It's a big boy. It's it's a huge boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that I you want to eat dinner before having, and then not play Mr. Jack while drinking. And it was, <laughs> and pa- then was talking about his afternoon <laughs> yeah. with my wife, where he showed up. She made him drink that, play a board game, and then I continued to feed him beers. Yep. Uh, Molotov cocktail is. It's big, it's huge, it's a sipper, and sometimes you don't feel like finishing it. And I told Chris right away, if you don't dig it, just toss it, because it's not going to get any worse. And, and toss so it like good. a Molotov cocktail. It's delicious, though. But this thing, like, 
I, I drink I it quick. It. I just I wish I had a little bit more of the citrus mango, the mango. Like, or citrus like carrying through. Like because right after that, like as soon as I popped this and like took a sip, I was like, oh man, like I got so much of the mango on the nose, and like when I was kind of sipping the head because uh, <laughs> I didn't even get to pull like the full the full can out because it was basically like 50% beer, 50% head when I poured it out. But that foam, it was still mangoey. Like I still got a lot of it, but once it warmed up, like that all just kind of got swallowed up by the imperialness. Uh, it does. It's big. Uh, but yeah, de- definitely drink it cold and maybe don't try to drink like a whole like can of it. Maybe it's a splitter. Yeah. Split this with someone else. Like, Drink something and be like, "Ooh, man, it's good." Great. Uh, what uh, else can we get? The the one of the reasons all three of us had had this separately. Chris, mm-hmm. uh, I had it playing like a board game, and I just barely finished it. Paul slammed it in an afternoon, uh, <laughs> in an eve after late <laughs> afternoon evening yeah. with my wife, and then like continued to drink. five o'clock, uh, yeah. and then you having it now. We all had a little bit of different experiences with it, but uh, the beer still is, in my mind, a sipper. It is good. It's not going to be my crazy go-to no. beer. Not like if you want to go, Alice. If you want to go to Wonderland, drink a Molotov cocktail as if you would drink any beer. Or don't yeah. step over my segue when I say oh. it's not something you want to go to, like Moshugi from Single Cut. I already said I was stepping all over you today. Uh, so the they are calling this a Soul Bender IPA, uh, 7.2% IPA, <laughs> brewed with uh, Australia and New Zealand hops. This is from Single Cut Brewery out of New York City, who do a lot of big, hazy beers. We did one beer on their show, the Bon Bon. On their show? On our show. Oh, okay. Uh, which... Was not as hazy as it was supposed mm-hmm. to be. We actually got some weird version yeah. that was an offshoot, not as good. It version. wasn't good, and I was like, you know what? We For also, the price, I'm not going to buy single cuts. Uh, but that but also, that also was against uh, the um, Born Yesterday IPA from Lagunitas. Mm-hmm. But Moshugi is super hazy, super delicious, crushable. Mm-hmm fantastic ipa uh paul and i both had a bottle of this this is a uh 1.9 fluid ounces so it's a tall boy can that's why i said for Mm -hmm. us to just drink it out of the bottle this is okay we poured it into glasses we didn't drink it from the bottle the what was it why is why is something weird and gilly weird weird and gilly weird and gilly was better i was was hoping to drink that tonight with you again this has a, a more Darker tone to it. tone, orange peel, mm-hmm. orange zest, um, hazy, But not juicy. Like, I, I would say this is darker. It's, this is zesty versus juicy, yeah. I would say. Yeah, uh, that's that's a great way to put it. It is the zest. Weird and not. Gilly that we drank last week off show, just mm-hmm. being friends, super juicy. Yes. Uh, Weird and Gilly, so much better than Moshuga. Moshugi. Moshugi. But Moshugi's still good. I still like Moshugi. Yeah, but both of them being on the shelf. Oh, you go Weird and Gilly. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You don't know exactly what you're getting. You don't You don't always know exactly what you're getting from a single cut. Because Bon Bon, 
I'm leaving that in the dust every time. I don't care what anybody said because I didn't have a good experience with it. I agree. Weird and Gilly. I see that on the shelf every time now. I'm going to pull it. I, I, uh. Until I get a bad bat. Until I get a bad bottle. Uh, yeah. I, and I had one, um, I had one just on my own that I didn't bring for the show mm-hmm. just because I bought it, I drank it, yeah. and then I kept forgetting to bring it, and then I just was like, eh, I'm just gonna drink it. Both times, great. And that was like, uh, you know, it was called like All Lefts or Rights or something. They have weird names for their beers. But they make really good hazy beers. Single cut is definitely if you if you ever see it out, you gotta try it. Yeah. Uh, just try to make sure it's fresh. And these were brewed just like three weeks ago mm-hmm. and bottled. Uh, fantastic. And, and beer. even that bonbon that I had that we didn't like, it still like, was good. It was no, no, it was fresh. Like literally, like I showed up to the store and they're like, "We just got this in today." Yeah, here it is. It was like maybe two weeks since it was bottled. It wasn't like it was. It still was good. It just wasn't as good as the. It was number three of the three beers we had. Yeah, but we did of the three beers that we had. We but didn't. I would drop that down below Space Kitty. I would drop that below New School. Like I don't quite of remember. all those IPAs of the. You know these IPAs that we've these new IPAs that we've been having. That bonbon doesn't list for me. I would agree. It didn't. It didn't hit like the grim that we had or the yeah. born yesterday from Lagunitas. But it's it, nothing that we would write the soldiers about. No. And that's an old phrase from episode two. I looked up Molotov <laughs> Light is only eight percent. So I'll, I'll drink. An, I'll drink one of those. Okay. I'm checking into Molotov right now, and it listed as the triple. Actually, I would have, I would have, mm-hmm. I would agree to that. Uh, but before we get into that, we got to get into our list. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Uh, the Do books I, that are coming we out. We haven't done one of these in a couple weeks. It makes sense. These April, episodes always take longer. April fifth, everybody. Right, April fifth. April fifth. April fifth. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stop everybody here. I'm gonna stop the presses. Okay, stop them. I did not. Oh Jesus Christ! What you don't like my foley it's so art? Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you talk. I'm gonna get that next beer. I am not going. To... <laughs> I am not picking up a book this week. There's actually oh! there is nothing I saw coming out uh, April fifth. That looked worth my time, or something that I was continuing on, or had anything to speak of. I saw a couple number ones. I clicked on them. I read them, and I said, "You know what? That's not even good enough for me to pick it up." So I am grabbing a book that I added to my so wish. Is there anything? Go ahead. No, that was going to be my question. Is there like an older book or like a trade that you've kind of been waiting on? There is a book that I added to my wish list this week that I was like, you know what? I'm buying this and this. I'm not going to buy you. You're for later, fella. And why not just pick it up next week? Uh, Actually, I could pick it up anytime I wanted. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But this is Space Riders colon Galaxy of Brutality number one. And this is written by Fabian Rangel Jr. and art by Alexis Zirit. Uh, and this is a uh, an ancient evil is gathering power throughout the cosmos, and it's uh, the team has to come back together to 
stop this evil. And the thing that really sold me is the art on this book. It has that really pulp, um, old school, using a lot of yellows. I don't know what it is about this art. I really dig it. Um, the cover, I think, is really cool. It's what caught my eye for this book. And uh, maybe it's going to be good. Maybe it's going to be bad. I'm not sure. But um, digging the look and just the concept of this captain having to go find his you know, second-in-command and these other people to stop this ancient evil in the galaxy. Hmm. Chris, what are you looking forward to, bud? I was going to say, is Paul back yet? Uh, he dropped off the beer and then he left for, I think, another pee. <laughs> That's okay, because I'm looking forward to a book coming out from Boom Studios. And this is the Amory Wars 3 Good Apollo number 1. And this is actually written by Claudio Sanchez of the band Coheed and Cambria. And Coheed and Cambria actually stemmed from the idea of him wanting to t- uh, tell a sci-fi story, but just not having the means to do it on his own. So he decided, like, hey, you know what? I'm going to write songs to do this. And after the band started like writing and recording music and performing it to tell his story, he had the ability to go back and then start telling it in other ways with comic books. So if you are familiar with the band Coheed and Cambria, all of their albums, besides their most recent, has actually been part of a thematic story telling the tale of a family that's been torn apart by the machinations of Archmage uh, Wilhelm Ryan and their son Claudio, who's supposed to either destroy the galaxy or, or maybe save it. And this is the, the continuing uh, the tale of that. And I, I love me some prog rock. I love me some comic books. So, man, you put the two of them together, and here we are. Uh, I, I appreciate this because for Claudio Sanchez, the front man from Coheed and Cambria, he loves comic books. This isn't a vanity project for him. This is a story that he wants to tell and has been telling for the past 20 years in his music. But he now has the means to actually tell it through like the comic book medium visually, not just audibly in uh, song. So this is something I'm probably going to be bringing to the table with our monthly look back. You might not have the full frame of reference because they've done multiple short story arcs. They've done original graphic novels. Each one ties into a different um, album. So this is the first part of their actual third album, uh, In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth, number three. But you could just, it's going to be a sci-fi story. That's all I can say. Uh, yeah, they've actually they've Is put that, out they've sorry. put out comic a books. Of, a lot of meandering about. Um, no, but I know I know they've put out comic books before with their different albums, um, which I would definitely be interested in um, seeing. I actually saw Coheed and Cambria live for an acoustic set that they did uh, down in Orlando, hmm. um, and it was one of those things that uh, the girlfriend i had at the time her brother we were going down to visit and he said hey 
They're going to be recording this. It's going to be on MTV. Do you guys want to go see it? John might be interested because this band does comic books with their albums. Um, and I actually, I think I might have bought the first issue that went with that um, that album. And it was the album, Chris, I, I don't know album titles. I don't know songs. Mm-hmm. But it was like the one where they were like, uh, it was like, Man, your battle station. I can't. I don't know the tune anymore. Is it the one where they're uh, up in the treehouse? That's Good Apollo. I'm Burning Star Four. Yes, from Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. Uh, which I think was an amazing album. I yeah. I thought it was great, and I also wait. Thought was that an album or song or both? Good uh, Apollo. Good Apollo. I'm Burning Star Four. Colon from Fear Through the Eyes of Madness was the name of the album. Oh, but. Paul, that had the song Welcome Home, which okay. was the Buffalo Sabres power play song. Mm-hmm. Like two years, or two seasons, I guess, off yeah. of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazing. I thought the album was great. I ended up actually buying it. Uh, not only buying the album, but also buying the acoustic version of it. Because these guys were amazing. I, I'm sorry this has become a review of seeing them live. <laughs> they were no, amazing. Okay. Like, the guys... They're, the one guy is throwing the guitar behind his head and playing behind his head. He's playing with his teeth at one point. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it was a fantastic, amazing show. It's one of the best concerts I've ever been to. I loved it. I was blown away by the concert and how great it was. You know all, who was there? The acoustic version of this prog rock, as Chris said. You know who was off stage with a phone up to the uh, stage? Marvin. Marvin, Marvin Barry. Oh, Marvin Barry. Because you know Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry was looking for a new sound. Uh, but I, Paul, I don't know how much of you are here for with me meandering about, but man, Coheed and Cambria, it's a great prog rock band. I know your eyes tell the story. Their music's great, and when you think that, like, oh no, this is all very much just like telling the story of a kid who was raised in a family who was like led to believe from this archmage that like oh no like you need to kill your kids they're going to destroy the world oh my god it's it's so thematic it's so awesome it belongs in the comic book medium I don't know if you're going to get the full breadth of it when I actually bring it to the table like next month for the I'll look back. But man, Code and Cambridge is great. Just listen to their music, read their comic books. When you see the two of them kind of line up, you'll be like, I know that reference. They they sing a song about this. I kind of want to draw. The characters all appear in the music and the comics. It's the, cool. The thing, I like things. The thing, you did, the thing you did miss, Chris, is when you were doing your review of this book, Paul came in and I'd already opened up and drank the beer and I gave him a thumbs up. And then he picked up his can and then went to grab my can to take a sip out of it. And I was like, what are you doing? I thought we were going to split the one can. I wasn't sure which way we Why were going. Why did you bring two cans up? Because I was leaving it up to you because I'm a good host. So you're saying I should open another beer? Yes. yes. Uh, but what I'm looking forward to, Chris... I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, before you go into it, uh, John, what should I open next? Because these are all beers from John. Uh, listen, if you really, if you really want to treat yourself, yeah. if you're ready, if you're willing to wake up as a beast and not a beauty, if you're like, oh man, the best thing John sent me is the Lagunitas Westified, oh. 
Westify yourself. Westify yourself, because it's a beer so good that wait, Paul wait, wait, drank wait. almost the entire thing by himself, the entire six-pack. Wait, that was a six-pack? Okay. That was a six-pack. Chris. Okay, so I'm... Can you I'm enjoy it, though? That one, but, John, I'm going to say I've had half a bottle of Lizard of Kaz. I've had a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, maybe he should save that for when he can really enjoy it. I said, I, I'm the other the other beer is like uh, Sunday morning. I have the Nitro Ooh. Red Velvet and then the Weyerbacher Sunday Morning Sap. I would go Knights. You said Knights. Knights was not. Uh, oh, Knights, that's, 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 Knights that's was not an option. Oh, what was the options again? Was if I nope high Wi-Fi Imperial Coffee Stout. The Ballast Point Nitro Red Velvet or Nitro Sunday Morning Stout. Oh, get the Red Velvet out Listen, of the way. Your 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 palate your your palate's too it's too worn out for the. I'm hopified. It's too worn out for the. Uh, you know, if you're gonna do something Sunday morning, I think it's gonna be it's okay. gonna be good enough. Yeah. I, and and it's not one thing. One uh here okay, dear Listen. listeners. So I sent down uh two barrel aged. Did, did you pause it? No. Okay. No, I just looked no, at the time passed. of the show. Beer I, talk. No. I, sent down, I sent down two barrel-aged beers. Uh, Lagunitas Westified is a six-pack, 12% coffee stout aged in Westified mm-hmm. uh, whiskey barrels. Uh, $12.99 for the six-pack. Sunday morning, which is one that we both had on the podcast, uh, and Chris is rinsing his glass. Uh, yep, sorry. Yep. Uh, it's also something we had. You uh, didn't hear me pull my cat out of the refrigerator. <laughs> really curious what was happening in there. Well, she heard about breath this morning. Sunday morning, we had a year old version and a fresh version. Mm-hmm. We did it on the show. Uh, listen to past episodes. Uh, but the it is a fourteen ninety nine four pack of a twelve percent. Coffee stout aged in bourbon. Uh, Westified is by Oof. far the better beer of the book. It's bunch. the best value. Uh, it's the best, best beer. Best value, best tasting. Uh, so incredibly smooth. D- absolutely delicious. Man, Next- okay, I'll go open it up no! now. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. You know um, what? Sunday morning, though. This is dark. Yeah, Sunday morning is a good beer, but. It's not the KBS killer that everybody says it is. No, it, and it's called, the nickname is KBS killer, but I'm sorry, that. Westified okay. is I'm, the KBS killer. I'm I'm really trying to bite my tongue because we got to talk about stuff before we get to this, but man. Yep. That's fine. It's really black coffee on the nose. <laughs> no, it's a black coffee beer. You know what's golden, though? X-Men. Gold. Uh, I'm a 90s kid. I'll admit hey, it. Hey, I bought that book. Uh, it's coming out this week. No, it came out. What? Oh, no, I bought the other X-Men books. So. Yeah, yeah, I also did, too. You know why? Because when an X-Men number one comes out with the team logo over on the left-hand upper upper left corner, I am going to buy that book. because Yo, it fucking sells it. <laughs> I don't care. You know, you got the team rollout. You got the team roll call upper left-hand corner. 90s nostalgia right there. I'm in. 90s blue... Chris, you remember X-Men Yo, gold Blue. Team, blue Team. Yeah. So, here we are again. Uh, this is Rising from the Ashes of Inhumans versus X-Men. But I'm not reading that book because oh, it's too expensive. Oh, we should have read that. No, it's not good. I bought issue number one, remember? Maybe read it. You guys yeah. didn't like it? 
But this is the X-Men uh, with Kitty Pride forming the team of Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Old Man Logan, and somebody that I don't know at all called Prestige. Which uh, It's a Kitty great? Pride team. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's being written by Mark Guggenheim, who I said oh, I would give up on. Ma- Mark Guggenheim, not your favorite writer anymore. Used to be. He wrote one thing that you were like, I don't like this. I hate him. <laughs> but he's done all the DC comic book stuff, though. Like, yeah, but around re- the CW, like, he's royalty there. I know, but remember Rocketeer, World at War? That we just read by Mark yeah, Guggenheim, I, I, and I'm like... like <laughs> him trying to write a Rocketeer yeah, book. it was a Rocketeer book. It's happened, like, like four weeks ago that you were like, nope, done with Mark Guggenheim. <laughs> I'm like, guys, I probably should settle down on the Mark oh, Guggenheim jumping on number one since spending five you're bucks. the worst. <laughs> I shouldn't probably spend five dollars on a Mark Guggenheim number one, right? Like, I probably should slow down. <laughs> What? X-Men Gold? X-Men Gold, four ninety nine. <laughs> Written by Mark Guggenheim. I love him as a writer. You'll never buy the book. You'll just say you will. Uh, art and cover by uh, Adrian Seif. So, uh, there it is. Old Man Logan. He's alive. Regular Logan. Still a statue. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading the Jeff Lemire book. I know about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, so Owen Ryan Logan and Jeff Lemire is in current continuity? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's after the whole, oh, the conversion. Really? It's after, it's after uh, the whole conversion. Charles conver- Soule sealed him in a statue. They had to get Logan in some way. Uh, it's the Logan from Old Man Logan, and he wakes up in this new Marvel universe. Hmm. And he thinks that he needs to stop what, happens what and- happened, but then he realizes this is not his, his universe. universe. So he's like, just remember, don't kill all the kids at X-Men University. Uh, <laughs> don't kill them all. Uh, don't kill them all. Uh, uh, what am I not going to do today? Let's check the list. Let's check the list. Not kill the kids. Actually, it's not kill all of the X-Men. <laughs> he killed all of them. Yeah. Killed them all. Killed them all. Killed them all. <laughs> he was really... And then he was like... And then he went, whoopsies, didn't mean to do that. Because Mysterio made him Mysterio, do it. the worst comic book villain ever. The worst. It's that scene in Spaceballs where he's like, fooled you. Darth Helmet gets him. Fooled you. Anywho. Mysterio. Mysterio. Hey, everybody. X-Men. Sometimes we're a comic book podcast. And every, We're always a comic book podcast. Every March, we bring you... Wait, did Chris tell his... No. Yes, remember... No. Shut up. Shut up. You're fine. Keep drinking. <laughs> Main topic. I'm going to get it through. Read, no, we have to do dramatic reading. Oh, God, the dramatic reading. <laughs> so dramatic. That's what I was saying. It's so dramatic. You told me to shut up. I knew what he was talking about. The Chris, Chris, you're dude. reading this, by the way. You, you ready? I know. I haven't looked at it yet. I saw. You saw me talk about it. But are you ready? Because, and now, a dramatic reading from Afterlife with Archie. Issue number one. Panel 23. Page 23. Page 23. And then you wrote all of the panels. <laughs> the whole page. One panel. 
Tô bom, realmente. You wrote all of the panels. You weren't even drunk then. Sometimes I leave a little joke. Not on purpose. No, no, no. That was a sober drunk. That was a sober joke. For drunk. No panels. Yep. The whole page. Whole page. All the page. All the panels, John. Listen. Listen to Chris. Okay. Sorry. Less. Let's have. Oh, you want me to do it again? Okay. And now, <laughs> as you're imagining, John, this is my John. of Afterlife with Archie, oh, issue number one, page 23, panel one. Nope. All of the panels. All of the panels. You gotta read all the panels. Uh, all the panels. <laughs> And holy spit, his costume's amazing. 10.15 p.m. Riverdale. Full contagion imminent. And that. To be continued. Oh. And that was all of the panels (laughs) from Afterlife with Archie. Issue number one, page 23. And look, All of the panel, because it's splash page. It was a splash page. Uh, and look forward to that as That a, was a lot of, like a landmine <laughs> I left for us. Uh, look forward to that as a review that Paul and I do on a not episode, and probably a soon-to-be trade and policy from Paul. Yep. Probably meaning... Which... Definite. Also, also, sidebar, people really fucking dig that Riverdale show. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't, but I've but read like, previews. Four of the people I know are like, oh my god, Riverdale, I can't wait, I can't wait. And I'm like, I've heard good things about it. It's a mix of I, I haven't watched Wind Peaks and 90210 is what I keep on hearing. You said that on our, on our, our episode. episode. Well, and, and I thought it then, and I think it now. Wade Riverdale comic, or Archie comic, which takes place in Riverdale. Not, kind of, but not much. And I'm sorry, before all of that craziness, I was trying to get into the main topic. Oh, were uh, you? But you forgot about our dramatic reading? I forgot about the dramatic The long-standing this dramatic episode, reading that you introduced. This episode is way too long. Uh, we're only an hour 30 in. Oh, we're fine then. <laughs> uh, every year, every March Man, every March we do the March Madness, where we compete uh, Marvel artists, against Marvel or DC artists and then we would do Marvel writers versus DC writers and then I said I think last year or the year before hey we should be doing indie writers as well because I buy a lot of indie books and I find it a waste of money that I do that (laughs) Uh, so let's let's give it a reason for me to write it off on my taxes write it off on the taxes we don't actually do that because we don't know how to Uh, I'm not not sure my wife does my taxes for me and before that my mommy uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but not, anyways not true but okay uh but anyway so we are gonna have marvel writers and dc and indie writers in this bracket yep um 
Do we want to list all the writers and stuff, or are we just going to go into We'll them? go into We're it going. as we go into the head-to-head. But basically, we have four D- uh, Marvel, four DC, and then four indie. And they're split off into there's, the two They're sides. split off. So on the Marvel side, we have four Mar- Marvel writers with two indie. Yeah. And then on the other side, four DC with two indie. Mm-hmm. You, you said exactly what I said, but better. I so didn't understand totally what you said because mm-hmm. I've been drinking a lot. Where uh, are we going to talk about the beers? But anyway, we'll talk about it halfway through we'll talk, the halfway lineups. Through. Uh, but anyways, from Marvel, which is the top seed of the bracket, we have Jason Aaron versus Kelly Thompson. Unfortunately, Jason Aaron won last year. Uh, number one uh, seed in this year's bracket is going up against the number eight seed. Kelly Thompson. Kelly Thompson. Uh, who's doing a great job over on uh, Hawkeye. 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 Uh, Kelly Thompson, who I think uh, issue five should be coming out um, very shortly, uh, doing an amazing job picking up the tone that Matt Fraction left with his Hawkeye. I was, I was slightly disappointed with Jeff Lemire, who mm-hmm. picked up the mantle afterwards. I think he did a good story. He was doing something very different, telling the past of Hawkeye in the current story, switching the art around. I thought it was done very well. Didn't hook me. Mm-hmm. Kelly Thompson has brought that Matt Fraction writing style with art that's hooked me. It's that everyday Hawkeye. Yeah. <clears throat> Jason Aaron. Uh, no, Kel- Go ahead. Kelly Thompson. <clears throat> fantastic on this book. Um, I really liked her when she was writing A-Force. Oh, yeah. That's right. And that was also this year. I, I feel like that might have been the beginning of this year or late last year. It's... Uh, no, it was, no, no, it, it, would, was, it would count it for would this. Ca- it would count for this season. It, I, I hate comic books now because I can't tell when stuff came out because stuff gets double-shipped. It might not. Yeah. Marvel definitely does the double shipping, and you. But but, A Force came out. It was yeah. during the summer, mm-hmm. which still Counts ties into year. all of this. And then her A Force also was running that you were buying, Chris. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that book was a lot of fun. Start Captain Marvel. I won't be paying attention <laughs> to a movie, guys. Jason Aaron though been doing great on both the Mighty Thor. And the unworthy Thor, which just started, uh, where I think issue four or five on the unearthly. I think it's five. Five for unworthy Thor. Um, it's the story that he's still writing. The story that he's been writing for five years now, and that's the only thing. That's the only criticism I have. Is it's like no, it's that story that he's been writing for five years now. It's split into two different books. It's still... But it's that still great story. It's still good. He still has great artists with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm still excited and ready and willing to read what he's doing. I'm buying both of these, right? You're like, buying both of them, yes. So I'm going to give you the first you're, vote. You're buying, you're buying all three, really. I, I get first vote, right? <clears throat> go for it. First vote. I go Kelly Thompson. Because it's a breath of uh, it's a breath of fresh air. It's it's that return to a character that we wanted. Granted, with the mighty or the unworthy Thor, it's kind of like that breath, that 
like fresh air again, like that God killer series that we fell in love with. Thank you, friend of the show, Steve. Uh, but Kelly Thompson, like, man, it's a good book. It's I'm more excited to read that issue versus if I if those two books if those three books came out in the same week, I would read Hawkeye, then the Unworthy Thor, and then the Mighty Thor. Crap, I don't want to talk next, but I am because that beer that sums it up perfectly. Because yeah, like this is more Kate Bishop Hawkeye, mm-hmm. written by a writer who gets the character. And we haven't had so much of that, so it's it's new, it's fresh. <clears throat> so yeah, that's that's great because yeah, Jason Aaron he's been nailing Thor. It's a fantastic book. But so John, it feels like he's been nailing it for so long that in, it's it's in, like whole hum now. And yeah, it's unfortunate. It's, it's and it's still it's still great. It's still the thing uh-huh. you want to read. Uh, and after Paul was done speaking, I was just going to say, agreed. Uh, but after Paul started, or Chris started talking, oh. I was like, wait, what did I say? After Paul sto- stopped talking, I was going to say, agreed. And then Chris started talking. And then I had to say, like, it's the Kate Bishop Hawkeye, but she's kind of a dick. Clint Hawkeye. Like, she's not. She's no. not. She's great at what she does. When she's in that costume and she's shooting mm-hmm. that arrow, but her personal life is a mess, just like Clint. And that's, I think, what makes this book work, is she's mm-hmm. like, you know what? No, Kate isn't that great. Matt Fraction said, like, no, she didn't have a job. She didn't have money. She met those gay guys who were living in the thing, and she was mm-hmm. living in a she was living trailer. In a trailer, and that's where she was left off. A single this- wide. And this is where that character would go. That This is a character that's like, hey, you can't park your car in front of my store. Mm-hmm. That I'm going to have your car towed. Did you draw this sign on your window yourself? Do you want me to? I can do a better job. Listen, I'm sorry. Like You can park, you can park your car there. It's, it's that plus her trying to solve this crime that's maybe too much over her head but is it she should be better but the way they tell the story it's great kelly thompson is my pick for this uh and it is it's the fresh of fresh air fresh air and not to say anything against jason aaron our previous winner our previous long like he goes through all the brackets because <laughs> thor is great but yeah. when you keep doing that book Mm-hmm. And you keep doing it at the same level, it stays like at the same yeah. level, and it's it's tough to say. But yeah, I, I got he's, he's Scott Snydering right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, he beat Scott Snyder because Scott Snyder, Scott Snyder. All right, do we want to go over to the DC side, or do we want to work down the Marvel bracket? Uh, let's do something different. Let's go over to the top seated uh, DC side. All right, so we got uh, Fred Vendetti. That's Robert. Robert Venditti. We're not Fred at all. <laughs> and uh, Humphreys. Sam, Sam Humphreys. Sam Humphreys. Uh, Chris, why don't you go for these? You, you introduce because, these Yeah, guys. you're the Green Lantern guy. Yeah. So these are two writers that both helm Green Lantern books over at DC's. Um, 
Robert Venditti is currently writing Hell Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, with Sam Humphreys then supporting the other Green Lantern book with Green Lanterns. And both of these books are kind of getting back to, I don't want to say the core of Green Lantern, but really what made us big Green Lantern fans when Jeff Johns was helming the book um, in the early 2000s when he got back into comics. Um, Robert Venditti is handling the Hell Jordan book, where it's Hell Jordan on his mission across the cosmos. Sam Humphreys helming the book, where it's the Earthbound Green Lanterns with Simon Baz and um, Jessica Cruz, the powering Green Lantern. Almost uh, the both not to interrupt you, but like the second rate Green Lanterns. Oh, the, they're they're both the second rate Green Lanterns, and they kind of realize it. Uh, but both very different books, but both both still stand out because they realize what they are. And I feel the Robert Venditti, Hell Jordan, and the Green Lantern Corps books definitely pay more homage to that Green Lantern mythos where it's drawing on the different color cores. Um, while the Sam Humphreys Green Lanterns book is like, oh no, we're he- here we are on Earth. Everything you're seeing takes place on this planet and then just the wacky shit that kind of comes from it. So I I introduced them. I don't want to give my vote yet, so someone else jump in now. Uh, Sam Humphreys, I think, does a a fantastic job in this book and gives this weird, like, slice of life Green Lanterns on Earth. They're not tied to the core. They're here to be heroes. Uh, One very reluctant to be a hero and one overzealous to be a hero. Mm -hmm. Or she's trying to prove herself. And like but, two, she, but also she's like Jessica Cruz. She's trying to prove herself to herself. Like mm-hmm. yeah. she's agoraphobic. She's she, definitely out of her realm. She has imposter syndrome. Like it, I, I suffer from that syndrome. I understand it and I read it in her. So I completely understand. And I think Sam Humphreys does a great job doing those characters within this book. He gets it, he does it. I mean the I mean the Halloween episode where like his nephew uh the Green Lantern's nephew wants to be Flash and you know his mom's like look both ways before you cross the street Flash. <laughs> like those are these weird slice of life things mm-hmm. with these characters who are finding themselves and then becoming partners. And I think it's uh, uh I'm sorry I'm going to jump in because I feel like it was right around that time that Sam Humphreys kind of found what he was doing with this book because the first like maybe six issues, it was like, okay, I'm reading two characters that are fighting for the role of uh, Green Lantern that they're both sharing. But neither one of them really knows what they're doing. Even though um, Simon's been in the role for a couple of years now, they still paint him as the rookie. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he is the rookie, rookie because, or the Yuki. Yuki. Uh, because mm-hmm. he... We're, we're drinking, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. big time. Uh, because he was introduced and then kind of just... Put on the side? Put on the back burner. And 
I want to say that Sam Humphries is doing a great job for this, mm-hmm. but it is Robert Venditti who's been writing this book who I think has finally found his traction. Uh, and it's, I think I think it's going to be I, – I feel it's going to be unanimous that it's going to be Robert Venditti because he stepped up and he's made Green Lantern what Green Lantern used to mean to us. And it has fallen away for years and now it's like, oh, yeah, this is the space cop opera that I want and it's delivering and it's captured everything I want. And it's beautiful, and it's great, and I read it, and I love it, and it makes me happy. So I'm, you're voting Vendetti. I'm so happy when I read his book. I'm voting Robert Venditti. <laughs> okay, good. Because he just stole everything I was about to say about Robert Venditti. Or friend Venditti. I don't know his name. It's Robert. Care. It's Robert. Robert. But no, this is him hitting his stride this year. Like, it's, it's that, you know, finally getting away and from... It seemed like before he was trying to appease all the fans of the, like, War of the Lanterns, like, books. I don't feel like he was, I don't feel like he was doing a bad job, but he was, he was playing that game. He was make, he was finding his way, in a way. I think he was playing that game still, and now he realized, wait, I'm writing the book, I'm the creator of this book. I can play my own game. Chris, you read them all. You read straight through. You read well, all of them. Yes. We already outvoted them two to nothing. No, you. but you didn't outvote me because, yeah, Robert Venditti, he gets my vote. I... Wait, what happened to Fred? <laughs> it was never Fred. Um, you, you said the wrong name at one point and then ran with it. Yep. Um... Robert is telling the Green Lantern story that we kind of stepped into and loved with Jeff Johns doing his Green Lantern run. It's delving into the different cores, like just the different members of the Green Lantern core and their supporting cast. And Kyle Rayner's back. Yeah, Kyle Rayner's back. Also, him and Hell searching for the Blue Lantern core which they do find because the orange lantern core is just getting bizarre and crazy with <laughs> everything that happened with convergence and like they're bottling realities and now Larflees wants to collect like bottled cities Makes this sense. is the green lantern that i want and love that when robert venditti stepped onto this book with the uh, rebirth relaunch it wasn't quite there like I feel like I was reading someone wanting to write the follow-up that couldn't. And now, like, three years later, hey, here he is. He's got it. Mm-hmm. And I love this book. This is the book that you could give me and I would start reading, and I would say Jeff Johns is writing this, right? Because exactly. it, it feels like that flow of what they were doing, what John Johns was doing previous to – in a way, he started getting away from Vendetti took over and found his way onto the same path that Johns was on. If that makes I sense, know, I don't know. I, I've been drinking. No, it does. I don't know how caught up you on uh, you are on this book. Have you read the stuff with Guy going after Arcalo? I'm about two or three issues behind. Okay, I kind of been. I um, like to read them in big bursts. 
Okay. Okay. But you know, spoilers. Spoilers. Just sidebar. Um, the Green Lantern Corps decides like, here we are. Green Lantern Corps has been decimated. We still need to watch over the galaxy. Soren Ignatu is head of the Yellow, like the Sinestro Corps. <laughs> they come together to decide, like, no, we're going to combine the cores to watch over the universe because it's our job. So every Green Lantern is paired with a Yellow Lantern to watch over their sector. Guy Gardner breaks off and then goes out to search for our. You know him as like the huge hulking yellow lantern. Had his tongue ripped out. Got it back somehow. Uh, but Can then you he have just Guy make Gardner a construct of like, his tongue? It, he has his real tongue. I don't know. I, I read mm-hmm. the issues where it happened, but I still don't remember it. But you have Guy saying to him, like, everyone always viewed Kilowog as your equal. Like, you were the opposite ends of that coin. I've realized... It's you and me. Like, I'm your equal because we're both fucking hotheads that don't care. We're going to do our own thing. And then they go into fist fight, like, slobber knocker, knockout, drag out, like, boxing fight. Fucking Green Lantern, right there. It's right there. But I'm sorry, but slobber knocker, isn't that a blowjob? <laughs> Depends on how rough you are. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, so we're all, about, uh, we're all Robert Venditti. Uh, like, round it up. Uh, yeah, Robert Venditti is telling the Green Lantern story that we loved when we became real Green Lantern fans. Uh, so here we are. We're going over to the second, you know, the the second bracket over on Marvel, and this is pretty much Chris talking about Nick Spencer, and then me talking about Jeff Lemire to get Paul to vote either way, <laughs> because. Nick Spencer is what this Paul, is. is this what, is an uphill battle for Chris because I own a lot of independent books by Nick by uh, Jeff Lemire. Lemire, and I'm just gonna go Jeff Lemire. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Uh, so opening arguments, Chris. Access County. Okay. Uh, Ant Man was good. Jeff Lemire is great. He's no, no, no. I'm Nick Spencer. Ant Man was pretty good. No, my I'm making my opening. Oh, oh, opening go ahead. Arguments don't. Don't cut me off. Uh, Jeff Lemire, he wrote that small town book that, you know, you you love your uh, Essex counties. But Nick Spencer is writing that family (laughs) book. He did so with his Scott Lang Ant-Man and then Astonishing Ant-Man book. Uh, That led him to writing the Sam Wilson Captain America book. And then coming on to the Captain America book proper... Starring Steve Rogers uh, this past year, which we did read the number one for, mm-hmm. which led to that internet breaking. I Hail Hydra. Where it turns out that Captain America, Steve Rogers, is an agent of Hydra. Because, because of the cosmic cubed. De- yep, de aged, reborn through the sentient cosmic cube. Which blah, has blah, a name, blah. which is a person. Cubic. Nick Spencer versus Jeff Lemire. Nick Spencer flying under the radar in the Marvel pantheon of creators, much like Steve Rogers flying under the radar of everyone else in the Marvel Universe with being a secret villain. Um, Nick Spencer really came on my radar because he was writing the Ant-Man comic book, and then he stepped into writing the Astonishing Ant-Man when it was 
rebranded. It became much more courtroom drama-y. Paul, I think you would appreciate that. <laughs> I do love courtroom uh, dramas. <laughs> my Cousin Vinny, um, top ten of my favorite but, movies. <laughs> but it was also at that point where he also started writing the Sam Wilson Captain America book because Sam Wilson, a.k.a. the Falcon, stepped into the role because Steve Rogers had been hyper aged he was running around the marvel universe as like a 90 year old um, see she hulk for more but then see she hulk for more i didn't read she hulk but i'll trust you on this but here we are nick spencer writing these books that kind of just like okay it's two different captain america books because we got the steve rogers captain america book where it was revealed that steve had actually been a member of hydra quote-unquote, all along, because the sentient Cosmic Cube, Cubic, rewrote his past, de-aged him again, so he was superhero strapping now secret member of Hydra, leading into the upcoming Secret Empire book. Uh, well, by Nick Spencer, the dude that just happened to write Ant-Man, like two years ago, when we were like, hey, there's an Ant-Man movie coming out. Oh, they launched Ant-Man number one. Cool. Nick Spencer is now one of the architects of the Marvel Universe. And I, I think that's awesome. And no offense to Jeff Lemire, we've read a lot of stuff from him. He's, he's kind of taken that back seat, though. He's that quiet, like, oh, here's a character moment. They're playing hockey on a pond writer not not Marvel comic book creator craze caliber mm-hmm. mm. is that I didn't mean to just like completely cut his legs off Paul like I, I got venomous at the end there I didn't mean it I like Jeff Lemire I know but I like Jeff I like is that me throw is that me going for Jeff Lemire then that's the thing is like I cannot cut out all of the great work Jeff Lemire did with Swamp Thing and Animal Man, oh, so I cannot be. But this is this. Is I the cannot past year though. I should not. The thing is, I don't know if I can trust myself to actually vote correctly on this because of that. Like I feel like I need to recuse myself. So well, you can't you can't do that because oh, okay. it is it is Nick Spencer with Chris and Jeff Lemire with me. Ah, oh, damn it. John, you weren't supposed to tell me your vote so I could be the third party neutral. <laughs> no, you can't. And then be. leave it up to <laughs> you. This is, this is obviously Chris to, like, versus John. John. Uh, uh. And, and here's the thing with Jeff Lemire. Mm-hmm. Uh, before even I read Old Man Logan, which was just a current thing that I just did, Jeff Lemire brought all of the history around Moon Knight, <laughs> which is all of the incarnations that he has been. And has tied them all into uh, Mark Spector's fractured personality. Mm-hmm. All of right. those things have right. all lived within his head. And he's told that story in several different ways. And he's made it interesting. He's made it so when the artist tells those different stories, he's showing different artwork for those characters. And every well, time... the artist is doing that. But not, maybe he no. calls it. Maybe he calls it out in the script. We don't know. Yeah. But he's able to bring all these weird, different lives of Moon Knight mm-hmm. 
in this fractured life that is Mark Spector and saying all these things may have existed within his head or they may all have existed mm-hmm. in real time. We're not sure. And he keeps telling this story that makes you keep guessing. And it's that one where he opens the door as the 70s cab driver who also is Moon Knight, shuts the door, and now is the movie producer, Moon Knight. And for everything that he's done with Moon Knight, I think he's just continued on to that writer that is Jeff Lemire that gets into what he's trying to tell and tells a great story about that character. Uh, and I, I did say, like, he didn't deliver exactly what I wanted with Hawkeye. I still think he told a great story, but it wasn't what I wanted with Hawkeye. Yeah. And I'm saying that because that, that is a book that he was writing within what we are talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you get into Old Man Logan, uh, Old Man Logan was something that when the first issue came out, it was one of those four ninety nine books that I was like, you know what? I love Jeff Lemire. I'm not paying that price. It was a friend of my wife's who said, my brother told me I should read Old Man Logan. I've been reading this book. It's amazing. What else can I read from this writer that I was like, the Jeff Lemire series? Oh, you need to read this, this, and this. Which then made me go, well, if he liked that book, maybe I should check it out. It just so happened Marvel was running a deal on Comixology, buy one, get one free, and I was able to buy his Logan run. And this is what we loved about Charles Soule with the, oh, this is the greatest hits of Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Lemire is bringing that with Old Man Logan. But it's the Old Man Logan, he wakes up in this new world and just starts going, you know what, I gotta stop these guys that started this. Hey, that kid stole my, that guy stole my kid's hat. I'm gonna go kill him. And he goes and kills him. Uh, the sec- a hat. Uh, over a hat. Old. He really flipped his lid over that. Oh, God. Old Captain America is one of the people who's very present in this, trying to get him to realize where he is in this world. Mm-hmm. And when he realizes that, he has this moment where he goes, you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm going to disappear into the wilderness. And then you real- realize he's not disappearing into the wilderness. He's going to be the protector of his future wife when she's a little girl because he doesn't want anything bad to happen to her. Mm-hmm. But you know what happens to her? The Reavers, because they're tracking down Wolverine, and he caused more misfortune. And it's told in such an amazing way, and it's brutal, and it's Mm -hmm. just a fantastic story that only Jeff Lemire can can write. It's that, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying to get away from it all, but because of that, I've ruined lives. I destroyed a town. And that's what I think Jeff Lemire does well. Yeah. Ruins lives. Ruins <laughs> lives. John does it well. Uh, those are all valid points. I am glad I listened to your argument. But overall, I enjoyed Nick Spencer's <laughs> Captain America a lot more than I enjoyed the Jeff Lemire's books that have come out from Marvel. 
So I'm going with Nick Spencer. Hail Hydra. That's fine. Hail Hydra. And that's the thing. I, like, I, I, like, the thing is, I didn't read Old Man Logan. You never brought it to the table. That's just, on you. I just read it now. Uh, I, I that's on you. And, I, and, and it was... That Chris, sounds great. It, it was Chris versus me. I have absolutely no problem with Nick Spencer. I think mm-hmm. Nick Spencer's Ant-Man was fantastic. I think what he did with Captain America going so against the grain on the story that he wanted to tell is a fantastic storyline for Captain America. So, so I, I, I'm okay with Nick Spencer. I, I give it a okay. thumbs up. So I'm going to give the top comic book, you know, how we have Jason Aaron and uh, Kelly Thompson as the top picks from DC, and then uh, Vin Davey and Humphreys, Sam Humphreys, uh, and not Fred. Not Fred. <laughs> not Fred. Vin Davey. But what's his name? Robert? Robert. Vin Davey. Uh They're the top picks. So they're going to get a bye week. So it's going to be Spencer versus the next up of the independent workers. Our independent works. Okay, and before we get into the independent we workers, we gotta get to King and uh, Oh my God! Well, no, what we need to do is talk about the beers oh, that we've so been drinking. Beer. Uh, and Chris, you're drinking another yes. thing I sent you. That is very true. And this is Waiterbacher's Sunday Morning Stout. And this is a stout that has been aged in bourbon barrels with coffee. <laughs> You've never sounded more drunk. I just want to say that I, on the podcast. When you like started throwing it over to me, I was like, "Oh, I need to take another sip just so I can like talk about it, like I know what I'm talking about." So it was me swallowing as I started like discussing it. Um, original thought still stand though. This is a bourbon barrel aged coffee stout that a lot of coffee like right up front all of that coffee really kind of overshadows that bourbon but you know it might be me like more than halfway through this bottle like that bourbon then comes in on the back end like Mm -hmm. after I get that like overbearing like just black coffee right up at the front then I get that nice kind of like sweet vanilla like bourbon kind of like it, it swells in. It, I'm, I'm looking to you, John, who's had this before. Uh, we uh, we both had it, we, and I agree because uh, I looked to John, who <laughs> had this before, and didn't pick a. Uh, oh, you didn't pick Jeff Lemire's. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to try to draw party lines, and I just realized I couldn't. So you can draw. No, we have party I'm lines. You and I, Chris. I'm, Chris, I'm taking another sip, Paul. Paul. Yep, yep. I'm taking another sip. It's fine. Take, take this is me sip. deflecting. This is a beer that both both Paul and I had on the show. We both enjoyed it. Uh, it is big. It is big coffee on it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we found the bourbon when we had it, mm-hmm. uh, but we also did two other barrel aged beers that day. And I think did that, you drink it warm or did you drink it cool? We drank it uh, pretty chill, yeah. chilled, but room temperature. Buffalo room temperature, which is like <laughs> 60 degrees. It probably yeah. was pretty close to where it needed to be. The problem I think this beer had was we drank Basking in Bourbon from Saranac, which was mm-hmm. super oaky barrel-aged bourbon. Which is, if you go into it knowing that it's going to be oak-aged, oak it's good. Uh, and that's how I sell it. It's a very oaky bourbon barrel-aged. 
And then we did the year-old version, which was milder. It was a full percent and a half less than the, the Sunday morning that you're drinking now. The Sunday morning you're drinking now, I think, is a lot bolder and bigger. Uh, it's a lot like last 2016's KBS. Bigger, mm-hmm. bolder, coffee, strong, barrel-aged stout. And I think that's where it suffers. It suffers from having that bigger coffiness and less of a bourboniness melded together. See, I... I don't want to say it suffers at all. Like I don't know when you got this. Like versus when I, that when came, I got it. That came out like um, a month ago. Okay. Because a lot of coffee right up front, but like after I take that sip, like after I swallow and kind of like take that moment to process, that's when I get that like bourbon vanilla. Like that's when it kind of swoops in, and it's pleasant. It's nice. Like, but it's not like something like KBS. Or the Anderson Valley, like where you get like alongside each other, and it's just like so smooth, and they just like so like yes, this is a beer I want. Like it comes in separately, but then when you look at it like retrospect, like yeah, like it's it's good. Like nothing wrong with this beer. I I really like it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, it's a thank good you. beer. Uh, it's a good it's, barrel aged beer. It's two separate flavor profiles that stand separate. Like they don't kind of meld at all. Like it's a clear break. It's a good barrel aged beer. There's nothing really wrong with it. When you break it down, it doesn't fit into what your head is telling you you want from it. I think this is definitely a beer that says, hey, a year from now, I'm going to be melded together and be great. <clears throat> yeah, kind of like. I just took another sip as you were like describing it, and all coffee. I smacked my lips together, and it's like, "There's the bourbon." It's basically like Hook when like the little fat kid's like, "There you are, Peter." <laughs> you you got to take a look at, it, and then like that bourbon comes in. This this is a beer that both Paul and I agreed. Oh, we both bought a four pack of it. We drank. I think we drank a bottle each, or we yeah. both drank. One, uh, one of yours, uh, split. But we decided, like, oh, this is going to be good aged, mm-hmm. and we're fine with aging all of them. And I was fine yeah. with saying, hey, I'm going to send a bottle to Chris. And you know what? When it's aged, I maybe have, I'll send I'm like another twelve point seven percent. Fuck. I have three Weyerbachers in the basement right now. So, I think I have three now. I have three too. Was sending him one. Which I'm good with sending. Electrical taped? Not yet, no. Okay. I did not realize how big of a boy this was when you uh, said I should drink this next. No no matter what your choices were, you had a mediocre beer and two barrel aged beers. But Shia LaBeouf just like, do it. And it's like, yup, take it to him. Shia LaBeouf says, review this beer, guys. Because we're sick of listening to your bracket. Uh, John and I are drinking. We, we heard Chris drink Molotov cocktail, and we were like, you know what? We don't want to do that. We're going to drink Molotov light. And this is also from Evil Twin Brewing. It's uh, still too big, though. This is the Indian Pale Ale brewed with uh, natural flavors. But this, Chris, don't this worry. This is the 8.5% 
Yeah. Tall boy. That's still a lot. Tall boy double IPA from uh, Evil Twin. And I have three sips left. It's good. It's so good. It's malty though. It's malty. It's it's, it's not like the other IBAs that the IPAs that we had. It, it, the other ones were big, peely, juicy. This is boom, hit you with malt. This this and and we kind of pass notes back and forth about this beer. Uh, yeah, you have it in front of you. No, no, I have stuff about you have a couple, bridesmaids. You have a couple. Uh, but when Paul came in, I was like, mm-hmm. I gave him a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. And then he said, you know, like, oh, malty. And I said, like, this is like old school IP- yeah, yeah. double IPA. This mm-hmm. is the double IPA that we drank when we first became beer drinkers. Like, this is like the 2004 double IPA that you forgot that you were missing. This is malty. It's delicious. It goes down super smooth. It fills your mouth with flavor. And it has so much going on. Uh, this, I don't know if it's because I drank three New Schools, <laughs> then a Mo Shuggy, and then I had this and I'm like, I like everything. My name's John. You are delicious. But I would pick up this four-pack Tallboy Double IPA any day of the week. And be I still like, want the regular Molotov, though. Really? Yeah. See, I would drink Molotov Light over Molotov Cocktail any day. See, I only remember that one night where I got to play board games. And they got to watch a movie with no, my friends. Yeah. You, you got to so, play. You got to play. Question. You got to play a board game. My wife made a really nice dinner yeah. for everyone. And then you were like, "Hey, more beer and movies." Hey, Greg's here. <laughs> yeah. What? And then I got to drive for an hour <laughs> home. It was beautiful. I think Molotov Light is better than Molotov Cocktail. Is Molotov Light also brewed with mango and orange? It is not. It is a double IPA, 8.5%. It's a tall boy can, and it is... I wouldn't say it's crushable, like we've said, like... One of the one of the things about, like, Space Kitty is it's crushable. You can drink that super easy, super quick. New school, crushable. Mm-hmm. You can... I mean, you can just, like... Open up your throat and just like look, 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 and enjoy new school. This one slows you down a little bit because it's multi. It's got a different characteristic to it, but it is a good double IPA. It's old school double IPA, and I like it a lot. You know who else I like a lot? Robert Kirkman. Mark Wade. Ooh. Did I ever talk about my beer? Nope. No, oh you did. God. Chris did. Chris <laughs> talked about his beer. Chris <laughs> talked about his beer, Paul. What was his beer? Or not? Sunday morning. All... Oh, yeah, he did. Okay, it's all blurry. <laughs> you missed, like, Paul's, like, he had, like, puppet hands. Like, he was like, yeah, he did. <laughs> I'm Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Kermit the Frog. Yay! <laughs> oh. Thank you, guys, uh, because work sucks right now. Okay. <laughs> Don't let me go into no, it. No, we're not going to. Kirkman, wait. We're talking about Wait, Robert. it's better. Because Archie, because nothing goes wrong in Rivendell. Don't ever tell me that anything goes wrong in Rivendell. 
this is one of the things in the show. Someone's been killed. <laughs> yeah, in the television show, but I not in the comic it. books. This this is this is the Jason Blossom got killed in the show. Okay, all right. Uh, so <laughs> this is the we don't care about the TV show, Paul. Don't act all upset. People don't like point it. to your curtain <laughs> like oh this. Chris just asked. Chris, I, I haven't watched the show, but I he know doesn't, doesn't like count. people really dig it. Uh, so One of the kids from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody is Jughead. Hmm. This is Kirkman, who is Chris's vote to say, "Hey, you know what? Invincible, Invincible's. Invincible is ending this year. This is a book that we were all a fan of." Mm-hmm. And then I picked up two traits. This was the thing Maybe that three? Mark Wade we were talking I, about. I picked up twenty-two of this. <laughs> <laughs> This is the yeah, thing that... I, I still love it. We were talking Mark Wade. We were talking a lot about his Marvel writing. Mm-hmm. Chris was championing champions with Mark Wade. It and, is a fun book. And this is also the thing that I said, listen, guys, I think we should throw this in indie because we all loved Archie. and were blown away by what he did with Archie. He's written tons of indie books. Uh, the The Black Bat... Mm-hmm. The spirit. Um, he he uh, was the editor in chief for Boom Studios for a while. For, for Boom Studios, but he's and been now writing. He's back over. But he's been writing the shadow. Mm-hmm. He's been writing all of those um, off the wall '40s characters. Mark Waite seems like the writer that's like, what projects available? Do I want that? No. Do I want that? Yeah, I can do that. Hey, he, he's doing know, what he wants. I think, he, and I think he likes. Hey, you know what'd be fun? I'm going to tell a young Avengers story that's not a young Avengers story. I'm going to call it Champions. Remember when I brought in uh, Young Nova? Yeah. Uh-huh. I got more to tell about him. Yeah. And these other characters you've been writing? I don't think you've been doing it well. I'll do it. I'm Mark Wade. I rock. Mark Wade seems like the better Peter David of the comic book creator uh, universe. Oh, he doesn't yes. have back taxes. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Whoop, whoop. I looked at all the writers on the list. They're all the better Peter David writers. They're all better. They're all better. You know uh, why? I'm pretty sure they all paid their taxes. <laughs> and they're not asking you to pay for them. Uh, Archie. We're reading Archie. Mark Wade. That's my vote. Like, any other reason? Should I need more explanation than that? Like, come on, Chris. Um, I brought Robert Kirkman to the table. I can't defend him more than the fact that like he's never appeared before on the Marsh Madness Company Creator Craze. Uh, but this is the last year that Invincible is being published. Like, he is ending the book. It's on his terms. He just he's done with it. That makes me sad because. I I have loved this book since it started being published. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a great superhero book. I give it your attention. The twenty third trade actually is coming out this week. It was almost my pick for the list before I picked uh, my Cody and Kangaroo book. But man, thank you, Robert Kirkman, for this book. I mean, a lot of people dig Walking Dead. Nothing wrong with it. I read it for years before I finally just got tired of it being the same thing over and over again. Um, Mark Wade, also uh, creator I brought to the table because of his work over on Champions. 
it really surprised me how much I liked this book. It's a great bringing together of the younger characters in the Marvel Universe that it does seem like a Young Avengers book, but it's not because they don't feel the need to be something more than what they are. Like, they're champions. They're they're doing their own thing. Like, right from the end of number one, like, they're trying to aspire to be something. Uh, Robert Kirkman's going to get my vote, though, because, man, Invincible, thank you for, like, the past, what, 12 years of comic books? I dig it. I'd, I'd say 14 years. Cause it's this, been a while. I started picking... I'd say 14 to 12 years because Robert Kirkman jumped on my radar with Battle Pope and then he did uh, he did um, that Teenagers book that was I I have the incomplete series of that and then he did Invincible which I had the first six issues of that book before I just kind of like I was in a state where I couldn't keep up on books Invincible was one I wanted to keep up on, and I, I didn't, and that was my fault because everything I've seen, everything I've heard, everything I've read, and I've read a couple more than what I owned with trades from Chris or trades from Paul. Invincible is a fantastic series. It is a amazing telling, but it is over a decade. It is an amazing story developed by Robert Kirkman that he tells month in and month out. Uh, It gets a definite vote from me, but the fact that Mark Wade and not looking upon the Marvel or DC or other issues that he did, the fact that he got me to like and want to read Archie Comics yeah, I say this, and then I'm like, I'm just thinking about everything that he did with Daredevil. Invincible. Invincible. Oh, Invincible, not even Daredevil. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I and and this is I, this is surprised. me. This was me actually gonna put my vote towards Wade, and then say, I, no, I'm I, Kirkman. This is me somehow in my own <laughs> psyche convincing myself. Just because well, I voiced talking. something, or is it because no, you actually? No, it is. It is. It was me talking about everything that he did with. He's done years with Invincible, leading mm-hmm. up to this final finale that he's okay. delivering, and then Mark Wade, who is someone who can just deliver an amazing story, got me interested in Archie, but I didn't stick with Archie. Mm-hmm. I read first four or five issues. You've been really gung-ho about it. Mm-hmm. Invincible is something I've always wanted to go back and read. It's one that I'm like, oh, man, I am so missing out. Archie, I know Mark Wade's delivering a great Archie. He, uh, Fiona yeah. Staple's no longer on the book, so the book, to me, already is not delivering what it should be. But the artist hasn't dropped off that. The art hasn't dropped off all that much. Hey, it's not Fiona Staples. Well, just because you're a big Saga fan. Invincible's same artist since issue number seven. Hey, screw you, Paul. Robert Kirkman. (laughs) All right. Chris, your vote. Robert Kirkman. Mm. Invincible, it's... 
I, I only read this book in trades, but they are trades that stand proudly on my bookshelf. And whenever the new one comes out, I always go back and like reread through the series. Um, I'm looking forward to number 23 coming out this week. It's, it's sad that this series is ending because it's been such a great, like, teen superhero book over, like, the past, like, 12 or 14 years, whatever it's been. But th- this is not the pity vote for Kirkman because he's never appeared on it before, but this is his. This is the why, like, man. Why thank hasn't you. he be? Why hasn't he been? Wasn't he on back when Spider Island was going on? No. No? Okay. I'm pretty sure. All right, uh, but over at DC, we have uh, James Tinian III versus uh, Tom King because of the Bat Books. And we really got to decide here. And uh, I'm going Tinian just because he's more the youthful, like he does more of the youthful characters that feel more youthful than I think Tom King does. That's all I got to say about that. Because I got no dog uh, in this fight. Tom King, I think, has been a fan of Dick Grayson for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were going to make him the super spy, Tom, King, Tom King was writing Grayson. Mm-hmm. I picked up almost every single issue of that series. When he was the person who was going to bring Grayson back in the relaunch of the Nightwing character, which we all expected to come. Yeah, I'm fine with him. He always had Dick Grayson nailed down. Mm -hmm. He just, in a way, didn't fit into that spy world. What he's been doing with Grayson, I think is a fantastic series. I think he's doing a great job with that he gets Dick Grayson but James Tinian with Detective Comics bringing those characters to Keller killing off Tim is tough I mean Tim Drake leaving is a big thing but bringing that team together with all of those characters that you've been missing from this world but the killing you know is editorial it's not like he decided to do it. But I don't know how much of you guys have read, but the quote-unquote killing off, he's not really dead. Like, he's yeah. Yeah. locked away in a prison somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, okay. And cool. Yeah, so it, and, he, and he's that, still around. That was one of those things. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> I knew. But they did it. They made it. Oh, it's heart-wrenching. Hey. Hey, he's still Okay. <laughs> Classic. My vote between these two people and James Tinian has been around for a long. He's been around for a few years. Mm-hmm. We've liked, we've disliked the things he's doing. Tom King, to me, has Dick Grayson down to a T. He knows what to do with this character. It's a tough. It's such a tough little balancing act. <laughs> I kept on thinking, oh, John's going Tinian, and then he starts talking about. He's got Tim. He's got Dick Grayson down to a no. T, and I'm like, "Well, what the hell is Again, this vote?" I'm, I'm trying to convince myself. So, Chris, I, you know, hey, here's the thing. I want to. I want to stay suspended with you. I kind of want to keep the suspense. 
Is that okay? That's okay, because that's, Chris might totally okay. change my vote. Yeah, because you see him up God. in the air. It's a, right? It's a lot of pressure on me. Yeah. Um, but honestly, for Bat Family, if we're talking Dick Grayson, who should have the deciding vote? John. I don't like this pressure. Well, here's the thing. What you voted? Um, you voted for Tom King. No, no, I voted Tinian. You voted Tinian. Mm-hmm. All right. Does and Chris have like? All right. Let's see say? what Chris has to say, and then I'll like, and then I'll on. answer. Come on. Like, let's 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 have the let's have the two counselors argue. It's really hard because yeah, Tom King is telling a fantastic Nightwing story over in Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Um. When you pick this up, it's it's Dick Grayson back in um, Bloodhaven. It, it seems like the first time, but it's a city that needs a hero. He's stepping into it, but in the meantime, he's kind of now playing mentor to a group of supervillains, like Z-Ray supervillains, uh, kind of gone off the path. They're in like almost like an like a AA villain group. He's trying to lead them down like that straight and narrow path. Like this is Dick Grayson being Nightwing, but also being Dick Grayson more than we've gotten like the past three years of the rebirth universe with um, the Grayson book. James Tinian, he's writing detective comics, which is basically everything I want in a Batman book. Because it's all that side family, side character, Batman stuff that I want to see. It's fantastic. It's really hard. And I kind of have to give it to uh, James Tinian because I'm not reading Batman now. Because while Tom King is actually writing the Batman proper book, it's being drawn by David Finch, who I do not care for at all. He's the worst. Scott Snyder, not even on our list this year, because mm-hmm. he's doing All-Star Batman, being co-created by a revolving series of artists that just... And he did, what, six issues with John Romita Jr.? Which who, we won't read. Who is the worst? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Scott Snyder book. Scott Snyder writing Batman is not on our creator craze, which... We love Scott Snyder. If you've listened to any of the other creator crazes we've done, like he is basically a shoe in for like whatever the championship. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you would call it, the finals. We went from um, a Green Lantern podcast to a Batman podcast because of Scott Snyder. Yeah, like that didn't make it. Let's did legit, not make right? it this year though because of the artist that he's working with. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing, Tom King writing Batman. I'm a Batman fan. I'm not reading the Batman book because David Finch artwork I do not care about, so I'm reading Detective Comics instead. Paul, what was your vote? I went with Tinian. Chris, you're going with Tinian? I'm going to go Tinian, yeah. That's who I'm going for, too. Wow, sweep! Okay, so then we got uh, BKB versus uh, Gillian. Uh, I do not care about Saga. I just can't get into that series. So it's up to you too. The the uh, the other series you can't get into is Wicked plus the Divine. The Divine. I enjoy and the Divine. I enjoy the Wicked and Divine more than BKV, but then Saga. 
I'm because s- at least that has rules. Versus Saga's been Here's the thing. You read okay. one issue. I abstain. I abstain. I abstain. It's between you two. Well, John brought BKV. I brought Kieran Gillian. So you have to be the tiebreaker. Okay, then convince me? The thing that you are missing out about Babies picking their nose and eating their boogers. Is Saga. is It is a story about family. It is a story about family trying to survive as a family. It is a story about a family being ripped apart mm-hmm. by drugs, by kidnapping, by the mother and father coming back together to then do everything in their power to find their child and bring them back. And it is against all odds against them. It is against two ruling factions of the galaxy saying, your child does not exist. Your child should not exist. We have both hired people to kill you and your baby. And this family keeps coming up on top. They might be losing at one moment. They might be trying to hide out. They might be trying to do whatever they can. But Brian K. Vaughn has brought the crazy sci-fi. And I mean crazy. It gets mm-hmm. insane. Paul, you don't even know. There's a space kitten. Uh, Paul, you don't even know about. <laughs> cer- you're not ev- you don't even know about certain characters jacking off a sci-fi crazy dragon oh. alien to get its semen to save a dude's life. Why would you bring up stuff that only hurts your argument? But here's the thing is everything in that book, one, it just looks beautiful with the artwork. I'm sorry. I got to say it. I got to say it. <laughs> that Fiona jacking Staples. off scene of the Fiona space dragon Staples. is Fiona beautiful. Staples. Fiona Staples' art, everything about this book looks great. But Brian K. Vaughn, the stuff that he does with his family and how issue to issue you need to read. I, I no longer can read it issue to issue because mm-hmm. – I go, ah, I can't wait a month that I, it, I have to sit there and I have for the last. Because it's BKV two, and last, he leaves you. The last two years, yeah. I've had to say, all right, I'm going to collect five issues, six issues, and then I'm going to burst and read them. <laughs> I'm not going to wait for the trade. I'm going to buy them month to month, sit on them, and uh-huh. then go, I'm reading them all. And then when I get to the end, I go, God damn. Damn it, why isn't there another one? No, I remember that feeling at the end of Why the Last Man, where I bought each and every issue, and then I bought the trade. So, I hear your argument, Counselor. Chris! Your opening argument. Tough pick. Um, I brought Kieran Gillen to the table. I continuously enjoy his tale of gods that are reborn every 90 years they live for two years and then they die out before the cycle starts anew um last issue that i read because i'm like two months behind now was actually done as a almost like fanzine about the gods so it wasn't so much like actual comic booky it was more like interview like editorial kind of took me out of the series I applaud the inventiveness of it, but um, PKV always delivers. So, yeah, he is my vote. Thank so, you. I don't mind. Welcome. 
I don't. Yeah, BKV. All right. BKV. Always. Moving on. Thank you, everybody. So are we doing Kelly Thompson versus Nick Spencer? No, no, we're doing Spencer versus Kirkman. Marvel and DC okay. writers get a bye week. Chris, try to sell this. I think you're. I don't know if I could. You're, you're going to try to convince both Chris and, or uh, both Paul and myself. These are your boys. Spencer versus Kirkman. If you want me to just say a name from <laughs> the gut, I'm just going to say a name. I will say a name from the gut. I I think Kirkman tells more lasting stories. Like Spencer, yeah, he's a great like month to month read, but ultimately like. Invincible is a good book tag. I'm going to keep going back to, like, read and reread. Uh, Spencer stuff, yeah, like, reading those issues to keep up on it, like, periodically. But, man, yeah, Kirkman's going to win. Okay. I I say, I hear what you said there, Chris, but come on. Spencer with Hail Hydra moment? I, that was this year, right? So I'm going to go with the Hail Hydra moment, and I'm going to Nick Spencer. Uh, and we just want to bring you a, a little cliff note here. Um, little asterisk. Uh, we are a couple weeks later. Later, coming back yeah, to recording this. Uh, I don't know if uh, well, the list. If you're listening to this, you know that we've drank a lot on this show, and uh, we hit a point where we were all just a little too drunk. And yeah, my I, I take full responsibility for this. As we were recording, my phone battery died, and then I went to go charge it, and that involved me laying down and sleeping for, like, 12 hours. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I stayed on Skype for that entire 12 hours just waiting. I well, left, I though. I Skype to, for, like, to call back for, like, the remainder of the episode. I saw I had four missed calls, and I was like, oh, I feel bad again. <laughs> no, I didn't stay on Skype. I, I gave four calls, and then I'm like, okay, we're done, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was It was. Late it was anyways. late. I mean... We, we've recorded later, but I think it was like ten something at that time, anyways. During a weeknight. No, it was like it was. I got home at like after midnight. <laughs> was it? Wow. Yeah, so it was late for us. Yeah, we're two hours and thirty three minutes into this episode, so, uh, so. let's not waste any more time. Yeah, the discussion let's, let's was burn through this. The discussion like I burned through those beers that I had that night. <laughs> <laughs> the discussion I'm sorry. was Lizard of Kaz. Uh, I don't even remember what I. Had Lizard of Kaz. Like Space ago. Kitty. Space Kitty. Uh, you had Molotov cocktail, then and you Sunday had morning, Sunday morning stout. Sunday morning stout. That was the other one. Yeah. Uh, but it, yep, big day. <laughs> big day. But uh, we were discussing Nick Spencer versus Kirkman. Uh, Paul had picked um, Nick Spencer. Chris had picked Kirkman. And I will side with Chris. I am going to say hey. uh, Robert Kirkman over Nick Spencer. I think they both are exceptional writers. Kirk- Kirkman's just got that Longevity. I mean, Walking Dead's still going. He's just wrapping up uh, Invincible. I think uh, he's got some. He's got some longevity there, and I guy continues to turn out the uh, turn out the stories. So that's going to take us over to James Tinian the uh, fourth and uh, Brian K. Vaughn, BKV Chris. Uh, this is a. This is a really tough one for me. Um, I'm really enjoying what Tinian's doing over on Detective Comics. He's kind of become the Batman writer while uh, Scott Snyder's kind of taken off the board, we'll say, over in his little corner. He has been groomed by Snyder to be his Batman boy. I mean, since we took our little break, um, 
they did announce that Capullo and Snyder come back onto Batman for the metal events, which okay. is going to be like their ultimate culmination of everything that they wanted to do with Batman. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully they'll get a place back over here. But man, everything we said about Robert Kirkman, I think also stands for Brian Gavon, where when you put him on a book or he creates a book, he has a story in mind and he's, he's got a place that it's going to go. And, the story will hold up year after year after year. I mean, I can go back. I can still read Why the Last Man and have that book just be as impactful as it was like when I first read it. Um, Saga is another book that that's going to sit on my shelves for years to come that I will go back to and revisit. I think James Tini the Fourth. Yes, he's telling great Batman stories right now, but I'm reading those monthly because it's scratching that monthly Batman comic book itch. Um, I don't see myself ever going back to like reread these. I don't see myself buying the trade to have it on my shelf and pass it off to someone. Um, but man, BKV, yeah, I'll do that with anything. Tinian versus BKV. Tinian, it's a book that I'm would be. Just he's, they're like contrarian, Paul. Well, always. I like Paper Girls. <laughs> Paper Girls was good last year for uh, BKV, uh, but still I'm just going. Not, it's still going. I haven't. I'm interested in picking, looking at the second trade. I'm not interested in purchasing the second trade <laughs> uh, versus James Tinian's run on Batman right now. I'm much more interested in picking those up and trade. So that's that's where my gut is. That's where, how I'm feeling. So that's well, it's going to be BKV. Oh, okay. Well, good. <laughs> it makes sense. Your current wife has a tattoo of a BKV character. Not yet. Not yet. Oh. Okay. So that's going to take us to Kelly Thompson versus Kirkman. Paul. Kelly Thompson. I brought her to the table for this this time around, so uh, she's my girl, and uh, I already voted against Kirkman once, so I'll vote against him again. Chris. Um, everything I said before still stands. I enjoy Kelly Thompson. I'm really digging Hawkeye right now, but, man, I, Kirkman... This, this is his first showing on the, the bracket. I think it's going to be a strong one for him. I thought he would be kind of taken out. But as much as I'm loving Kelly Thompson on Hawkeye, I have to give it to Robert Kirkman. I mean, Invincible's wrapping up, and as much as I hate to see that book go, I'm glad to see that he's ending it on his terms. And, yeah, this is, this is what's carrying him through for me. Uh, I think the fact that he's still going strong on Invincible, Walking Dead... The fact that he works on the TV show, the fact that he's wrote and is working on the Outcast TV show and book, uh, and working on in charge of Image. And does he is he doing the Fear of the Walking Dead too? No, no. Okay. Uh, I think the fact that he does all that stuff and he's still delivering good material, I gotta give it over uh, Kelly Thompson. So Robert Van Dede versus BKV. Robert uh, is Robert Kirkman versus. Or, I'm sorry, Robert Venditti. Oh, versus BKV. Oh, okay, we're going. Back. You're other side now. Okay. Other side. Okay, I'm going. Uh, a lot of a lot of reference. Let's let's uh, let's uh, shine some uh, lanterns light on uh, BKV and go with uh, Robert Venditti. Uh, well, I'm going to go BKV. <laughs> I know you are, so that's why I threw uh, it. Out. <laughs> I, Saga is probably one of my favorite comic books of all time. The work that he does on that. Uh, everything else about BKV saying, that we've gushed for years about. Yeah, I'm saying, if this was ten years ago, and it was about Why the Last Man, I would be <laughs> over where you are, and you'd be over where I am. 
It's all right. It's all right. So, uh, Chris, you got to break this one. And, um, and this is really hard, but just for for the sheer novelty of it, I'm I'm happy to call myself a Green Lantern fan again, and that's really what has happened out of Robert Venditti finally hitting a stride on this book. Also, Sam Humphrey's uh, over on Green Lantern. So I'm going to give it to, to Venditti. Wow, okay. Robert Venditti. Uh, and nothing nothing against VKV. I mean, you know I love him. Oh, yeah, no, no. Gushing over him. But, yeah, you know, it's it's good to get some uh, some fresh blood on Green Lantern. And he's been on that book for a while. So it's Robert versus Robert. Oh. Kirkman versus Venditti. Venditti. Um, Paul. All right, uh, I will go first, and I, you guys, versus the two. Uh, fine, I'll go the legacy and go Robert Kirkman on this one. I know it's it's a complete flip of my script for the bracket because I've been against him this whole time, but uh, you know Robert Venditti, strong showing. I wonder if he can keep it up on Green Lantern. Uh, here he's been. He had some bad Green Lantern work. There, there was some rough Green Lantern stuff in there. So now that it's good for a little while, let's see if he can keep it up. Maybe next year, buddy, you can top the bracket. But to be pr- this prestigious <laughs> and, and get on the Magnum Boardcasts, March, comic book creator craze, top of the list, you got to come up with some uh, a little bit more than just, just uh, eight good issues. And Robert Kirkman has more, a lot more than eight good issues. Okay, Chris, uh, do you want to go? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, no, because um, yeah, Robert Venditti, he's killing it over on Green Lanterns right now. Or sorry, not Green Lanterns, Hal Jordan in the Green Lantern Corps, I should say. Um, I'm really excited that Green Lantern's back in a space that I I like it to be. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say Robert Kirkman. You know what? This is his year. Like this is his the year of his retiring. Let's let's give it to him. He's gonna finally walk away with that ring. Oh, it's the Elway story all over again. All right. So uh, Kirkman he's playing a sport. Kirkman wins best writer of the year. What was your vote? Uh, I probably would have gone with Kirkman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Kirkman wins all around. Second runner up. Um, Van Didi, he wins the DC indie side, and Kirkman wins the Marvel wow. indie side. There it is. Hey, we appreciate you guys listening. Which thing, I mean, he did, he did he did write for Marvel for a little bit, so why not? Yeah. This is uh, this episode. Thank you so much for listening to almost a three hour episode. Uh, recorded over three weeks, though. <laughs> hopefully, a lot of time went into this one. Hopefully, you didn't have to listen over the course of three weeks. Hopefully. Uh, you are able to listen during a long road trip, maybe going on a spring break someplace, and then coming back from spring break and being like, oh, the episode still is not posted, huh? Uh, but this makes no sense, this outro. I'm sorry. Even sober, I make no Man, sense. Man, I was just going to wrap it up like, thank you for listening. Find us over on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks for everything.